call-in show where you decide the topic. From love chat for Matt to the hate in your heart. I can't believe it. There are no limits. You can be nice. I love legends. You can be mean. I don't give a fuck. Or you can blow it all up. Every Wednesday at 9, it gets crazy when you get their number and you can call them maybe. And now, here they are, Matt Christensen and Blonde. Hello and welcome to the show. It is the call-in show, the show where you get our number and we are at your mercy. Hello, Blonde. Hello. Did you see the history that was made? History? No, I don't know. No, this is, well, this is history. This is uh, man-made history. Yeah. Uh, Important to clarify these days. But I assume you saw the Georgia runoff election results. Yeah, I did. Uh, Raphael Warnock reelected. That's not particularly shocking, but uh, I'm reading some coverage in the Huffington Post. How's this stat for you? Joe Biden becomes the first president since FDR to defend all uh, Senate seats successfully in his first midterm. And in fact, Democrats didn't just defend all their seats. They gained one. They flipped one in Pennsylvania. So uh, somehow this bumbling buffoon who nobody likes is the most successful midterm Senate defender in 90 years. Um, I believe it. Yeah. Well, uh, we're supposed to, you are compelled to Susan requires it as far as I'm aware, but uh, (laughs) shocking, uh, not, not exactly shocking. It's not like uh, after, after Fetterman became a U.S. Senator or is about to become a U.S. Senator. I, I, why would I predict anything otherwise? At least Mm -hmm. um, Raphael Warnock, even though he's a, all but a communist as far as i can understand as far as i can tell uh why would he, he he's able to talk relative to fetterman that was a slam yeah dunk is it better him. or worse than someone with tbi he's not as entertaining fetterman is going to be <laughs> a show Raphael warnock is just going to talk about abortions and communism or something anyway uh thanks for coming back to the call-in show guys appreciate your patience with the last couple weeks of uh changes of course we were off for thanksgiving and then last week we had a little bit of a freestyled show I uh, I prepped the audience for your death last week. We were wondering if you oh, were going to return. And yet here you are. I had uh, the flu. And let me tell you, it was it was just like COVID. I thought I had COVID. Huh. Why? Some, for some reason, your camera's all like choppy for me. Looks fine on my end. I don't know. You Maybe turn your camera on and off and back on. It's not bad, but it's looking all like. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say clear your throat. I said. All right. Yeah, let's try that. Yeah, it looks okay. a little better. All right. Uh, but yeah, the call-in show will uh, resume as normal tonight. So most of you are familiar with how the call-in show works. But if you are new and you need instructions for how to participate, there are instructions in the description of uh, whatever video platform you may be viewing on. And if you'd like to participate in the show, but you can't participate live, or you're having trouble getting in live, of course, you can send us an email question. The way to do that is through the contact page of the website, com slash contact. Look for the call-in show question form, and we'll get to those at the end of the stream as we usually do. Uh, It's been a couple weeks since we've answered them, so look forward to that. And of course, we'll catch up with your Super Chats every half hour as well. But without further ado, let's talk to Orwell's Ghost, who's up first. Orwell's Ghost, are you there? Orwell? I got a muted mic. You hear anything? Okay. Mm -hmm. 
We'll have to try well, again. Or well, oh, now you're lighting up. Yeah, sorry. Oh, there we go. Sorry, guys. Yeah, I had it on. I had it on mute. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> <clears throat> Jeez. Nothing. Nothing. Uh, how are you guys doing? Better. Better. Yeah. She was ill. Oh, so yeah, yeah. My wife and I are. My wife and I are sort of getting over it, and the baby's pretty resilient. She's sort of made it through the made it through the cold, and she's starting to chuckle now. So, isn't well, that the good. worst? the The only thing worse than your kid being sick is you being sick when your kid is not sick. Yeah, it's 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 great though because she's sort of like she sort of cheers us up when we're not uh, uh, when we're sort of out of commission. But I was gonna I was gonna ask if Blonde, you and Matt saw Ethan Klein and Hassan Piker's little comments about um, killing Jesus again. This <laughs> yeah, year. I did. Blackpilled put it in his Telegram channel. Yeah. How outrageous is that? Like, well. I, I, my, a good friend of mine and I, a uh, really good friend of mine and I, we, we, we talk every couple of days about like what the, what the issues are, what the problems are with sort of the, the dissident right and the, the legitimate right wing of America. And, and one of the things that we were talking about today is just how diluted is the Christian faith yeah. that they will say something like that with, total impunity like they know good and well that if they said that about muhammad or allah they would be in deep shit oh um, yeah yeah and then look what kanye west said and people are just oh, yeah, disavowing yeah. left right and sideways and they can just go yeah. on and be like oh i would kill your lord and savior over again what exactly did he say something like i'm going to re-crucify jesus or yeah something? yeah that's okay. that's that's the that's the nuts and bolts. What I, I mean, yeah, the like, clip that I saw, and I didn't listen to it in full, but it looked like it was both. Did they both? Did Hassan agree, or was it just Ethan? No, Hassan, Hassan just kind of did his normal thing because okay. he's a moron, and he just laughed <laughs> and you know, kind of, kind of chuckled. And all right, you know, I, I'm, I'm of the, I'm of the school of thought that in all truth, and, and blonde, probably blonde, probably understands this a little bit better that, that you just because of the, the, the nature of the of the mysteries of faith that um, with Catholicism, that the whole point of the sorrowful mysteries is that it was the humiliate, like Christ's humiliation from, you know, soup to nuts from the, from the agony in the garden when he was captured up until the point of crucifixion, he was just utterly humiliated. So yeah. I'm not, I'm not really concerned about them attempting to humiliate the son of man. Um, that's their problem, not mine. And they're going to, you know, they will meet their maker and they will, um, they'll reap what they sow in the end. But if you guys get a chance, I think Anomaly, actually, if you guys follow him at all or know who he is, he posted something that was very interesting. It was Ian Crossland from Timcast. And I don't know if this was tonight or last night, but Ian was talking about Gavin's interview of Kanye and mm -hmm. Ian pissed Tim off so bad by talking about how um, we need to make a distinction between the religious Jews and the ethnic, like he, he <laughs> said, and, and ethnic Jews. And he said, because this is where a lot of things are getting messed up. Do we really think that Jeffrey Epstein and, Harvey Weinstein are the same as a Ben Shapiro. 
I, I don't think they are. But I don't know. I disagree because Jews don't think about themselves like that. They think that it's an all-encompassing religion, religion and ethnicity, and, and that even religion, yeah. yeah, and even if you're secular, they never let you leave the tribe, right? Um, so I'm not sure. Is it is it that much of I, a distinction? I I don't think there is, or I, I well, I think there actually is. And Ian Crossland, the whole he, I mean, he got into the he got into the nuts and bolts. Like he was digging deep on it, and at a certain point, he said. You know, my wife and I were actually talking about tonight, and he said, no, what is what does it mean? What does Jewish mean? What does Jewish mean? What does Jewish mean? He's like, it means you believe in God. And he was like, he was talking very literally in a very kind of narrow definition. And I don't really care one way or another. What I was really getting a kick out of was it was pissing Tim off, and Tim was really uncomfortable. <laughs> and I think Tim was getting ready to like mute Ian's mic because Tim's just such a gigantic pussy. Yeah, and really and, is. And he's and he's gotten way worse. But how um, dare you? Yeah, anyhow, I, I I've been talking too long. I know you guys got you guys got a long. I don't want to keep you too long, but just uh, keep the faith and uh, uh, it, blonde. If 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 you guys are still if you guys are still trying to have one and you're not succeeding, at least you know it's fun trying to have one right the the practice is the fun part isn't it yeah we're on a temporary hiatus but we'll be back i got you well but like i said the practice is the fun part um (laughs) but but anyhow yeah i we we, we, yeah we're really enjoying the kid and you know hope you guys are enjoying yours as well and uh, happy holidays if i don't get to see you guys again merry christmas yeah Yeah, no happy holidays bullshit get out of here yeah Yeah, thank you man you guys take care all the best (laughs) to you and your family yep bye Okay. Uh, oops. I think I just accidentally booted the wrong person. Hold on. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I accidentally kicked out Raggle Fraggle. Raggle Fraggle, are you there? Hi. Uh, I got nothing. Can you hear him? Yeah, I can hear him. Oh, I can't hear him at all. Oh, well, no. There we uh, go. Yeah, now you've come in. Oh, okay. Was How's your say. adorable baby? Uh, she is doing great. Uh, oh, I'm just, good. I'm, I'm glad you guys finally got that video of her laughing. It's just so precious. Oh, she's so <laughs> cute. It's weird because she's like super cute and feminine, but she also has your goony face. She looks like a tiny yes. version of you, like a like a tiny little baby girl version of you. It's really weird. Well, geez, thanks, Bond. <laughs> <laughs> but you do kind of look like an adult baby. Again, thank you. <laughs> With a beard. With a beard. Uh, yeah. Thank God for the beard. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, nothing's happened in the last couple of weeks, so there's not really much to talk about now, is yeah, there? Yeah, really. <laughs> uh, I don't know. What, what's been on your guys' mind? Well, like politically or personally? Or yeah, what? in what context? whatever way y'all want to take it what i'll flip the script today uh you know it's not that i'm checked out of like uh, politics well i i shouldn't say that i'm totally checked out electoral politics i'm really burnt out on like i actually forgot about the georgia senate uh senate runoff yesterday and i didn't even i didn't even remember it was happening until my wife saw some early returns which goes to show how discouraging the midterms were to me that i just i, I totally checked out of all of that but uh 
the um, I just posted about it today, but the the Supreme Court arguments on Monday I thought were really interesting, and they took a they're hearing a case. I think they just heard it today about the I forget the exact term, but the idea that state legislatures have sole authority over elections for Congress and Senate and the presidency in their states, and they can't be uh, held accountable to state courts or higher courts. There, I, I might be butchering that, but it's about the relationship between state legislatures and the judiciary in terms of how elections are, are governed and managed. That's really interesting. But this, um, this case before the court about the lady they're trying to force to make the gay wedding website, I also yeah. thought was very interesting. So that, <clears throat> I don't know, electoral politics, I'm, I need a break, but the rest I still am entertained by. Mm. That's good to hear. That's actually kind of a, kind of a good question. I was thinking about a while back. Um, as far as uh, like federal, uh, the ability for federal government to enforce its will on the state. I mean, for states like California, New York, Massachusetts, and all the rest that have gun laws and stuff like that, that shouldn't be on the books. I mean, it, it doesn't it just just uh, it just makes me fucking cringe to think about this crap that. We can't it well not that we can't do anything about it, but it's never gonna get done because it has to get through the state first, then to the federal. Yeah. So it, in most of those places it's never gotten to happen. Yeah. I it just it's mind boggling to me that we can't you know, that they break these kind of laws that's supposed to be nationwide. Um I don't know. It it just infuriates me. Yeah. Well, uh, and then there's uh, there's an interesting debate there too. It's if we could all agree to more well, state probably, autonomy, it's like let these people be crazies in California if they yeah, well, agree to the bargain between the states. But of course, they don't. So it is it is frustrating. Where to the point that you're making, almost everything is nationalized in in, in at least some way or at least partially. But when it comes down to the things that are part of the federal constitution, like the Second Amendment, we have to yeah. jump through all these hoops to apply them to the states, even though it is explicit, I, but the amendment itself I, and its application has been interpreted through the courts. Not even, I wouldn't even say apply it, but even to enforce it and hold people to account that violate it. Uh, well, that's the so dream, far. isn't it? The old big yeah. bird costumes, but uh, you know, it, one it, thing at a time. Well, and then the thing that got me kind of thinking about it was uh, after the Bruin decision, came down um the new laws that new york has for their concealed carry permits is fucking outrageous yeah so they just uh, re correct me if i'm wrong but the, uh, bruin struck down their old concealed carry system whereby you had to prove a uh, proper cause was the term they used proper cause to get a concealed carry permit which almost nobody qualified for the supreme court struck that down now they've established a good moral character standard something like that where they get to review yeah. your social and media they, but that got struck down yeah. by a court too or at least put on pause i thought uh that's what i'm hearing but they're still you know it's like everything else just because they say don't do it doesn't mean they're not going to do it yeah you still got to go get a concealed carry permit from well, maybe some of the sheriffs upstate are a little more friendly, but good luck if you live anywhere new, anywhere near New York City trying to get a concealed carry permit. Or Buffalo. Yeah. 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 But, yeah. All right. Well, anything else on your mind before we let you go? Um, uh, you know, I called in on uh, 
the Bible study this past weekend. I mm-hmm. thought it was great. I look forward to attending more. And I've, I've been enjoying watching you kind of transform as it goes through. I've been noticing some little changes. in your uh, Like what? I don't feel like behavior. I've changed a bunch, but like, like well, how big, so? The biggest one that I think, correct me if I'm wrong, was your uh, in your review for National Lampoon and you called a guy a douche. <laughs> I don't know if you'd have felt that strongly before. You think it's made me more <laughs> that the Bible study has made me more hostile? Uh, possibly. Definitely more uh, willing to, you know, call somebody out for doing something you disagree with. Fictional characters think, only. Well, I think you reject like um, men that don't take their duty as family men seriously. In a way that you wouldn't have done before you had a kid. I don't know how much it has to do with the Bible study, though. It might just have to do with all the all of the uh, degeneracy out there. I'm sick of it. Clark Griswold, I'm sick of what you've done, too. I don't know. I thought that his flirtation was kind of like funny. What? I did. um, You're telling me if you caught your husband doing that at the mall that you would think it's funny. If I had a 100 percent guarantee that there was no affair and he didn't bang her, I we would get in a fight about it and it'd be over. I'm not saying it's like divorce material, but it's douchebag behavior. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I I expect there to be some extramarital flirtation over the course of our lives that turns into nothing. Hmm. On his you do it for- Yeah. I don't know. Talking to another woman about her nipples. That's <laughs> That's pretty aggressive. Okay. On that note, I'm out. Good night. All right. See you, man. Merry Christmas if we don't speak to you beforehand. Now he's already out of here. All right. Richard Parker's up next. Richard, are you there? Hey, how are you? Hi. Ooh, I'm well. I just got you way loud. I'm going to have to turn you down. But Sounds go right fine ahead. To me. I am calling to denounce democracy and to question the democratic jargon about, uh, you know, they want to end our democracy. Um on a philosophical level, I resent the notion that a person or a group of people whose IQ is 85 or a person or a group of people who are not educated, who don't even know who's on the ballot, that that person or group of people, that the vote should count just as much as somebody who has 110, 120 IQ who actually knows the issues. Um, yeah, you're, you're, you're almost there because I think that stupid people are not really the problem. It's people of average intelligence that think that they're smart. White liberals are a scourge on humanity. Yes. Um, But more to our contemporary world, there there are parameters to a democracy where the electorate, the people, have a basic idea that they are in agreement about certain things. And, you know, the adage is we might disagree about how to get there, but we all sort of agree on the same thing. I don't think people think about how... (laughs) There are some things that should be non-negotiable. And an issue when something happened in our own history that leftists will understand is slavery and uh, abolitionism. Mm-hmm. Those people took a stand and they pushed it to a civil war. And over 500,000 people were killed as a result that we are not going to negotiate about slavery. Yeah. And I don't think that people have that paradigm enough in mind that I would suggest that we are at that point on a number of issues from free open borders that is nothing other than a long-haul ballot stuffing scheme for the democrats because brown people and people from the third world vote lockstep democratic and no amount of pandering and no amount of token tokenism is going to change that the transgender lunacy particularly targeting kids 
should be something. I don't care if 60% of the people vote in favor of that. If you have enough people to take control of the situation and stop it, that should that should be on the table because that is something that is not negotiable. If no, you're totally but- right, but you're you're almost there. Okay, so a lot of people when they start this conversion, they're like, oh, it's it's because they're trying to occupy these voting blocks. But really, what it's about is cultural domination. Voting is a part of it, but you know, what do you do when you move in on a new tribe? You murder all the men and then you rape all the women. But that would never Absolutely. fly in today's society. And so, what they're doing is they're they're systematically dismantling all the things that we find comforting about our culture and our civilization. So that's really what you're witnessing. The voting is only a small part of this. With mass media indoctrination, there is a podcast with Gregory Hood where Paul Gottfried on, and he says that if you graph it out and you look at the messages that are prevalent in the media and how how downstream from that, everybody just sort of follows whatever the dominant narrative is, it puts democracy itself in question because are people really exercising individual choice when they're just parroting whatever MSNBC and CNN and all these editors uh, parrot? I suggest not. Yeah, um, yeah. Nobody I, should I want a pure democracy. They wrote about this extensively. In the I think a lot of people. this is theoretical because I don't think the sort of people who get into West Point are going to be able to disabuse themselves of the American exceptionalist uh, you know, democracy no matter what bullshit. Uh, I don't even think it might happen in Sweden. Sweden is a case where if you had 20 to 25% of the overall population, a little less than 50% of native Swedes, and just say, you know what, some things you can't vote on. You can't vote on human sacrifice. You can't vote to legalize uh, child pornography. A people does not have the right to vote itself into national and racial suicide. Yeah. Just full stop. No, we're not going to tolerate it. There are clearly moral values that exist above democratic decision making. And the obvious example is if three quarters of your town votes to murder you in cold blood, it doesn't make it not murder. It's still murder. It just might be democratic murder. And I think you're, you're exactly right about that. We've lost touch of what those values are and what our government exists to protect, which is those rights that are above more important than democratic consensus. But the other way that democratic consensus has been abused is by nationalizing it is by removing it from localities yeah there is value in in consensus mechanisms in a community in which we all share a stake we all own property we all have some skin in that game we all come together to make community decisions about how to manage our place it makes perfect sense in that regard but of course what sense does it make for me to vote how new york should manage their city and vice versa i have no i have no stake in that place so why would that why should we come back to this fundamental issue what what is the role of the government especially the the federal government and i think that you 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 almost said it the role of the government is really just to maintain and promote the autonomy of the nuclear family that's really all that they should be doing. They should be thinking about that in every policy they enact, but they're not doing that at all. Everything is destructive. Well, yeah, well, yeah to what to you it, said, for sure. When the country was founded, you had, I mean, it was based on an Anglo-Saxon populace with some Germans and 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 Dutch mixed in, and they had a mostly a common heritage derived from the Magna Carta, and so you had a common history, a common language, and you also had the affinity from people being the same or similar blood. And now with this multicultural experiment where you bring in every fuzzy wuzzy from the third world, everybody yeah. is alienated from each New other. New slur just dropped. Fuzzy wuzzy. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> sorry. I haven't heard that one before. Carry on. I'm sorry. 
no. So, you know, there's just a number of reasons why this can't work, but all of yeah. it's theoretical because I don't think certainly in this country with all the propaganda about how, you know, the United States is always right. Most Americans will get upset if you question our involvement in World War One and how what we did to Germany with the Treaty of Versailles. Yeah. Um, yeah. Made God forbid you mentioned World War Two. Yeah. A million, almost a million <clears throat> Germans died in because of the blockade that happened yeah. after the armistice. And he talks about that and he juxtaposes that with what we did to the Russians after they gave us a velvet revolution and ended the Cold War peacefully. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I mean, really, you would need the right people in law enforcement and the military. But I think most people who go to West Point, that kind of thing, are just indoctrinated from the point of three years old. And they're never going to disabuse themselves of the Star Spangled Banner nonsense. Well, I don't know if that's true, though, because the the things that Americans I actually know several people in the military that have seen combat and then they've come back and they've been like, we are we are wrong. We are terrorizing people across the globe. There's something about being in those combat positions that strips you down to to life and death, and and it gives clear it gives clarity to some people about that, our behavior that's a question as well. But uh, but I I don't know if a majority of people who are combat veterans actually think that way. I have no way of knowing for sure. Everything yeah. I know is word of mouth. Yeah. But it's just you know like. Sweden is example, I think, of Great Britain. I am of British descent on my mother's side, and it tears me apart that London is, it, I mean, you're, you're, it's difficult to find a, a proper Englishman or Briton, as the term is properly understood. Somebody who comes from India is not British, just yeah, as really? Jerry Taylor is not Japan because he was born in Japan. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think that you can get enough of the actual British population to come to that epiphany, take control of things, even though there are 35 to 40 percent of the population don't care. It's not negotiable. Our national racial suicide is not up for debate. It's not up for a, a democratic vote. We don't care if 50 percent of the population wants to destroy our people and destroy our civilization. We're not going to tolerate it just as abolitionists didn't tolerate slavery. So yeah, well, the- we, we are going to have to tolerate it. Though. That's the thing. You're yeah, so close. It's, You're in this like red pill anger stage. You'll graduate to apathy eventually. I'm, I'm, I am, uh, I'm, I'm speaking politely and I am tailoring <laughs> my message to you, you are, uh, Brandenburg uh, v. Ohio and, and uh, YouTube. You are uh, towing the wiki wiki line for sure. I, I appreciate that. I'm doing my best. I don't yeah. want to get you guys. Oh, it's okay. It's um, an honor to speak to you. I've listened for a few years and with this last election and everything, um, I was just compelled to call. What really compelled me to call was just more this transgender stuff. Yeah. And like I listened to Rakita <laughs> Law denounce Keffels and transgenderism, but then he'll say, if an adult wants to mutilate his own body, that's none of my business. And it is our business because what other people do affects everyone else. And I know this because I come from a dysfunctional family, uh, from a single mother who I had to leave when I was 14. I never met my father. All the social ills that we have in this dystopian shithole comes from this attitude that, oh, well, what someone does is his own business and it doesn't affect me. It does affect me. It affects everybody and everybody's tolerating it. And now we have these LGBTQ yuck mafia people preying on little kids and nobody's doing anything about it, let alone talking about it. And that's why I was compelled to call in. Well, good for you. This is a great call. Channel your anger into – rage posting on leftist websites <laughs> that helped me <laughs> I a lot too. i got banned from reddit and all i said was is that 
we should never have tolerated this transgender lunacy to begin with in relation mm. to, I think it was Keffel's effort to uh, to ban Kiwi Farms. Well, of course, and, you're. we have to let you go, but you're totally right. And I'm glad to hear that a lot of people that this transgender thing is the, the hill they're willing to die on because it is truly outrageous end of civilization stuff. You would think if anything was a abolitionist slavery sort of we're not going to tolerate this and we're going to take action it would be i mean it should have been gay marriage it should have been transgenderism just generally of adult men like on twitter there's pictures of like these these creatures and it takes me like five minutes to decipher oh that's actually a man oh yeah it's constructive late because it's preying on my sexual proclivities and it's an affront both to women and to the men who love them lust them and everything in between totally it's it's sexual assault for men can you imagine being like, oh, I want to bang that chick and then being like, oh, that chick has a penis? Like, what a terrible, terrible feeling. <laughs> and that's why the transgender murder rate is so high. <laughs> this is. has been a lesson brought to you by Richard Parker. Well, to close, I'll say that I'm not conservative. I want to take the term right wing away from the liberals. It shouldn't be an insult. And it's a good way to distinguish us from ineffectual, milk toast, conservative ink, do nothings like um, – um, Mitch McConnell and Dinesh D'Souza, although that documentary did is pretty good and so important. Dinesh D'Souza is a fucker. God. I'm not conservative. I'm far right populist. And that's All an right. important distinction. I like it. That was a solid call. Thanks for calling. Dave. Thank you, man. Have a good night. A lot of these concepts are really interesting to think about over the, the last five to 10 years too. Um, and we are due for a break, so I won't go on long, but what? I, I always call back to, Rick Santorum and thinking about him a decade ago about how, listen, you go down this road, men are going to be marrying dogs and uh, men are going to turn into women. I was in college. I'm like, this slippery slope, motherfucker. But of course he was right. Um, But it just goes to show how undermining that fundamental truth about men are men and women are women. And if you mess with that, how many things go haywire? And it's not even limited to gender. Once you start redefining base level principles like that a whole host of logical consequences follow whether it's gender politics or whether it's in the context he was talking about earlier where you start undermining your natural rights you start putting those up to a vote you start misprioritizing things like democracy or something like that yeah you make one tweak at a base level foundational value and a and whole, everything a, a whole apart, yeah. bunch of dominoes fall. And we're watching that happen in a bunch of contexts. He, he hit on a lot of topics there, but it, for me, I'm just, I'm just going to, I'm just going to let him keep going, man. He's, uh, yeah. he's got a lot to say. So I appreciate the call. Did you have anything else to add? Um, what was I going to say? Uh, so in some ways it's like uh, youthful naivete, but then in other ways, uh, like we were, talk- we were talking about Rick Santorum, but in other ways, I'm right back to where I was when I was like 18, hmm. thinking that we were terrorizing people on the world stage and uh, and unfairly going into people's country and raping them of their resources. And then now I'm right back there. So this that's been cyclical for me. Yeah, I don't know that I've ever, you know, in all the ways, I-, I never know if my views have truly changed or if they've just they're principles that I've held for a while. They've just become clearer in my mind. They used to be yeah. obscured by a whole bunch of nonsense that I didn't see through that. I think I was yeah. propagandized into believing that's a Is topic that that, uh, yeah. on that topic. I don't think I've ever been a, a, a pro intervention pro war kind of guy. Of course there are defensive fights that are necessary, but I, I think about international politics much the same way I think about, my relationship with my neighbor or anybody else. 
yeah, good values are important. I hope I have neighbors that uphold them. But at the end of the day, it would be wrong for me to kick down my neighbor's door with a gun and make sure that he lives the way that I tell him to, even if the way that I tell him to is good. There's Yeah, but even like four years ago, I was talking about American paternalism and Middle Eastern countries and all this shit. And now I think that that is like an, abhor- an abhorrent concept. Maybe in Africa, but those people can't like do anything. The Middle <laughs> East, they seem like they have things kind of figured out. Don't count out Wakanda. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, we are due for a break. I appreciate the call, and perhaps we'll get back to some more of those topics. Um, let's see. Over on, uh, well, over on Tippy Stream and YouTube, Thunderstorm says, Hi, everybody. Or actually, there's one before that. Mr. Harry Metal Pole. How could I almost skip over him? Somebody should introduce Kanye to the legendary metal band AC, no, AXCX, authors of such hits as Hitler Was a Sensitive Man. And I went back in time and voted for Hitler. And my favorite, I thought Hitler was cool until I found out he didn't drink. Did you hear the new nickname for Kanye? Uh, uh-uh. It is Yadolf. I love it. Yeah. I like that too. That's great. Yeah. Thunderstorm says, hi, everybody. I suggest people check out the works of Professor Anthony Sutton. He also did an interview on his work on YouTube. I don't know the name. Do you? Mm-mm. Well, I guess I'll have to check it out. Thanks, Thunderstorm. Daniel Yeager says, you're sure it was an RSV blonde that's been going around lately. Lots of kids catching it. I'm sure it was an RSV because I had RSV as a kid and Emmeline has already gotten RSV. Mm. It was a influenza. My nephew went to the hospital, so we're pretty Everything sure. all right? Wow. Yeah, my sister thought he had pneumonia. Mm. You know, it was just like COVID. It was like everybody had a 103 fever for like two weeks and everybody's just tired and sleeping all the time. It's just, I'd rather be so sick for two days or three days than kind of sick for three weeks. It's so annoying. Yeah. Every other winter, it seems like I get one of those that I don't even feel bad, but my voice goes for yeah. two weeks yeah, yeah. and in trying to do this sort of work that sucks even more because I, I can't, I can't get on the mic and sound like a complete oh, yeah. jackass. Now, some might say I do that all the time, but I just mean the quality of, <laughs> Just the quality of my voice, if it sounds horrible, is you can't yeah. really work with that. Yeah, I couldn't even come upstairs to do the show last Wednesday. I had to call my neighbor to take my trash can to the curb. Wow, and they actually did it? It's one of my dear friends. Yeah. That's a good neighbor. It's a good neighbor. Jeff Sloat yeah. says, welcome back, Blonde. You were greatly missed last Wednesday. Do you think the German coup attempt this week was legit, or is it another false flag attempt? I didn't even hear about that. Did you? I, don't, I don't even know what you're talking there about. There was a coup attempt in Germany? I don't know. Let me look this up. Germany arrests 25 people accused of plotting a coup. Sounds like bullshit. This in the BBC. I don't have time to read the entire article for the details, but... Uh, Far right ex-military figures. <laughs> no, this sounds like bullshit to me. The Reichsburger? Is this the group? That... Reichstag. Yeah. Uh, nope. Yeah, there's no way this is true. All right. You want to do some deep state, like overthrow the government shit, you better have more than 25 people. Uh, yeah, I suppose. Did they bring guns to this one or was it like January 6th? Yeah, really? Um, Incompetent Hands says, my super chat from Sunday where I got Matt to say as Kanye, uh, Matt as Kanye to say, I love blonde was so blonde could have that sounder. Use it every time you tell Skag, you know, I'm right. Merry Christmas, blonde. Well, (laughs) thank you. But I control, I control the soundboard unless we can figure out a way to hand over the keys, but we don't have that ability for now. Although someone okay. is free to cut that clip if they want. Uh, Nicholas H says, great call, Richard Parker. Ride the tiger. Yeah. Well, thank you uh, for supporting the show, Nicholas. Much appreciated. 
I think we are all set. Yeah, we're good on D Live as well. Actually, just let me give a quick refresh here. And then we'll pop back into the calls. Now, Thunderstorm says marriage is a merge of blood of bloodlines. That's why gay had civil unions, because it's impossible for them to merge bloodlines without a third party. Uh, fair point. There was some hey. um, and 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 it, it's always been about the word too. You remember you go back to what this battle was ten years ago. Equal rights before the law wasn't even enough. It had to be yeah. the word. They had to the have word. the word. Yeah. And it, it is important to think about what is the base level purpose for marriage. Why is marriage an institution? And it is for the creation of family, the creation of children. There was a really interesting clip circulating on Twitter with, within the last few weeks. I think it was Obama running for something before he became president, but he was on the debate stage with another guy and they were talking about marriage. And at the time, Obama did not support gay marriage legally, but I, but I don't know exactly what they were debating. It wasn't like making Obama look bad. It was just this guy explaining why retaining the definition of marriage between one man and one woman is so important. Yeah. And he talked about all these counters of like, well, does that mean that uh, people who are sterile shouldn't be able to get married or people who aren't able to have children for some other reason shouldn't be able to get married? And he gave this great, well-spoken analogy about how exceptions don't make the rule. And just you, you might find a worm in an apple, but that doesn't make it not an apple. You still have base level principles about that apple that give it hey. the definition of what it is. And uh I wish I could do him justice about how well he explained it. And this, again, gets back to what I was talking about previously, where, sure, I think there is something to be said for um, letting people live the lives that they choose to live so long as they're not uh, infringing on the rights of others. I'm all for that. However, when you start redefining terms and undermining the base level reason that we have certain institutions a whole host of consequences follow. And this guy yeah. explained it yeah. in like 2000, mid 2000s perfectly. I need to find that clip and save it. And now he's totally changed his mind in his old age as though I've, you, know, that's... you mean Obama or yeah, yeah, I don't even know who the guy was. He was uh, another black guy. Oh, I thought you said Obama. No, it wasn't Obama explaining it. Obama oh, was there. Okay. It was a guy who was debating Obama. Ah, okay. he was another black guy. And it, I don't know what office they were running for. But it was like the, the most succinct explanation of this topic I've ever heard. And it was uh, incredibly well put. And I'm sure at the time he sounds like a kook. Oh, that guy. He's just talking about, you know, slippery slope nonsense. How this will lead to Bigfoot and unicorns and other things like that. Right. And then you listen to it 15 years later and you're like, he saw it so clearly. Yeah. And now we look like idiots for not seeing it as clearly as he did. All right, let's get back to uh, the calls. Appreciate uh, the support for the show, guys. We'll come back to your chats at the top of the hour. And um, uh, I'll have to just circle back with you. Bahamut Zero is up next. Bahamut Zero, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Uh, can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. What's on your mind? Yeah, uh, I didn't want to ask this question, but I feel like I'm beating on a dead horse um, about um, Kanye West. Sure. Yeah, uh, do you think um, he's being used by Milo and uh, Nick Fuentes? Probably not Nick Fuentes, but maybe Milo. I don't know how to interpret Milo's involvement here. A lot of people, 
when we originally talked about this and I entertained the sabotage theory, well, I when I say entertained, I mean, I, I think I was pretty quick to dismiss it. The idea that this was some sort of sabotage attempt on on Trump. But that's yeah. because I thought people meant that somebody else co-opted Nick, Milo and Kanye to sabotage Trump. If the sabotage was by Milo, that makes Maybe. a little more sense because this he's a person who uh, has posted all sorts of revenge-minded things after, quite frankly, what I think was a lot of mistreatment done to him, a lot of missteps by him, too. A combination of both of those things contributed to his downfall. I know. And I could I d- certainly see I do see find him. something, like, eternally attractive about milo though like when i watched him on timcast that episode on timcast i just found myself wanting to stand up and cheer he has this quality about him where even when he's a piece of shit i'm like oh oh milo like and i don't i don't know what it is he's he's highly charismatic i don't think anybody changed my mind more than he did yeah around 2016 those that college tour that he was doing was it was fantastic Yeah. yeah um but i also think that he can't be trusted yeah, I, I, if there is sabotage, he would be the guy that I would suspect. But yeah. what about you, Bahamut Zero? Do you do you think there are shenanigans afoot? I kind of feel like there is, but I feel like I need more more evidence. Well, who who do you think would be the culprit? Do you think that someone else beyond that trio is putting them up to it, or is it someone within that trio, or who's who's the saboteur? I feel more like it's Milo, but I I heard some report that that he broke away from Nick Fuentes and Ye, but I can't find any I can't find like any source for that for that claim. The report over the weekend was that he and Kanye had come to a mutual agreement for him to leave as campaign manager, but I don't know if that means leave entirely, as in they don't associate anymore, because they were. It, as I mentioned on Sunday, they there were videos of them all hanging out at like a hibachi grill over the yeah. weekend. So was he just stripped of the title, but he's still hanging out? Or does he actually have no involvement anymore? I, I don't know. I'm unclear. He has no involvement anymore. Is that is that confirmed? We know that? Well, that was strongly suggested from his own telegram. I don't even know, hmm. to be honest. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't understand the the thinking there too, because if if they came well, I guess I don't know the exact reason why they they parted ways, but if it was because they they felt like the last round of appearances were damaging or something, uh, I mean that's I, on Kanye though. Yeah, but yeah, it's like how could I just have a hard time believing? Yeah, like you're saying that that Kanye would blame Milo for Kanye putting on the weird Balenciaga mask and saying all the Kanye things. Yeah, uh, was kind of awesome though. Yeah, have you seen um the recent interview with Gavin McGinnis? I saw the clips that are circulating, but I haven't seen the whole thing. I haven't seen the whole thing. It's behind a paywall. I, I haven't seen any at all. This, uh, from what I gather, it it was uh the premise was sort of another intervention attempt in sort of a Gavin style that is yeah you know, half serious, half joking. And based on the clip that was circulated, Gavin said he was doing a bad job with the intervention because he wasn't changing Kanye's mind very much. Well, no one's going to change Kanye's but mind. But they were all way. laughing and it's hard to tell. Just like the Alex Jones thing. I, I just I'm entertained. I just don't know exactly who's serious or in many cases, even what exactly is being said. 
Kanye is serious. Like you can't. But I'm he's Gavin, never, he's laughing. The whole time. He's like, never going to walk this back though. Pete Davidson, the ugliest man alive, banged his wife. Like he's not going to unring the Jew bell here. It's not going to happen. Uh, I've, Kanye has been beaten up in, in recent years. I forget about some of the things that have happened in his personal life because I, I have never been a big Kanye follower. Yeah. Now that this has entered into a lot of the realms that I exist in, I'm more aware of Kanye now than I ever have been. But as far as his lifetime as a rapper or in the entertainment business, that's, that's never been my thing. So, Homeboy has balls. Everybody's got to admit that. Yeah, I was going to say that, um, that in, like in the past years, Kanye has, has always been a bit crazy. That's why I kind of feel like He's being used by either Milo or Nick Fuentes to say all these, um, all these, um, all those things that he's been saying lately. Is he crazy or is he just off the reservation? Maybe crazy, but, but like at this point, he's like vulnerable that, that either Milo or Nick Fuentes want to use him for whatever, whatever their end game is. I don't know. I don't think they have that kind of like clout or power. Well, it's, so it's a weird situation to be in because if you listen to Nick Fuentes and, and Kanye talk, Nick Fuentes is legitimizing Kanye. He's streamlining Kanye's existing, his his weird stream of consciousness, um, and he's doing a really good he job. He almost he's serves like, as a translator. Like when I heard on yeah, Alex Jones, yeah. it's like here's what Kanye said in understandable. Uh, language totally and so i don't i don't know that nick really um is getting like enough out of it and kanye can't be controlled clearly so like why would anybody sign up for this and if we how did how did this all come together the kanye, no idea i have no idea it wasn't it implied or or stated that milo is the one who brought in nick fuentes i don't know but how did milo connect with kanye Oh, and Benjamin did. Wasn't that through Alex Jones or something? Didn't wasn't that said previously? But I don't now- know. I mean, I think that Kanye, because of his affiliation with Candace Owens, has gotten into like bitch shoot. I think he's like watching hmm. YouTubers and exploring the dissonant right, and I think it's happening organically. Hmm. He got uh, trapped up in the spider web, the Becca Lewis web. You said. Well, it is how it happens, though. He gets yeah. introduced to Candace Owens, and then and then Milo, and then he's you know reading the Daily Storm every day. I think even I, I shouldn't uh, characterize her unfairly, but Candace was a, a, a strong Kanye defender for weeks and weeks and weeks. And Did then, she denounce him? W- no, I haven't seen any kind of disavow. But ever since the Trump dinner meeting, it seems like her public Kanye defense has cooled off a little bit. But I'm fine with that. She doesn't need to like gung ho defend him all the time. As long as she's not denouncing him, I'll give her a pass. Do I? Well, I. <laughs> As a Wednesday topic, and uh, I'll be quick about this, but uh, I don't see speaking of things that can't stand, you know, our country debatably can't stand. But how is she going to stay on the Daily Wire? Right. Candace's relationship with Kanye and her relationship with the Daily Wire. There is no way that maintains one of those relationships is going to have to fall. Uh, Yeah, but it's going to be the Daily Wire. Like Candace is a standalone. She has a. A star quality, that girl. 
Oh, no doubt. And she's very good presentationally. I, I she agree. is able to harness her black chick energy for like the most positive force. <laughs> and um, she's beautiful and she's well-spoken and she has a quick wit about her. She is the star of the Daily Wire. Anybody would be a fool to go against her. She's bigger than that network. I'm just scrolling through her Twitter feed. Uh, and again, I don't mean to imply that she has to talk about this. Uh, she's perfectly entitled not to if she doesn't want to. And I have no evidence to say that she just doesn't want to talk about it anymore yeah but the last thing that i see her tweeting about kanye was right after the trump uh the trump dinner meeting and nothing since and i just wonder i just wonder what the reason for that is and it might just be totally because candace is bored of it and that's fine Okay, or, no, it's because she can't talk about the jews or it's going to blow up her life or like yeah we're certain are there a lot of behind the scenes politics and I I'll just be very curious to see how this relationship uh, plays out and develops. Cause I just, I, I don't see how someone well, is going to have to be sacrificed. She's at a really pivotal point in her career, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I would say that she's made it. I, I don't know. Like, I don't think she has to worry about. Yeah. But anybody can be canceled. Yeah. She's on Tucker and stuff. Like the second that she starts talking about the Jews, she, she will never go on Tucker again. I suppose that, that, yeah, maybe I'm being unfair in thinking that the daily wire is behind that because there are a lot of influences that would sever ties with her if she comes out and. Yeah. And she loses her mainstream credibility. Yeah. And so I understand that perspective. Like I understand why she's like, yeah, I can't. I can't do this right now. It's mm. just too much of a cost for her personally. But also no she seems than... like she does whatever the fuck she wants sometimes, yeah. which is awesome. It, it may be no more than that. So I don't want to be interpreted as accusing anybody of anything. I just, as a, as a, an observer with no inside information myself, I see this and I think that's, that's going to be a problem. That's going to be a fight. Someone is going to be the uh, sacrificial lamb here. And I'm, I'll be curious to see what happens anyway. Uh, Bahamut zero. I'm sorry for, uh, Oh my God, taking were we over still your on a call, call? But I'll give you a last word yeah, before we I'm let you go. Here, um, but Sorry about that. Uh, I, Clearly, I, I we're interested. Right yeah. The, it kind of dragged on. Uh, did you have anything you want to say before we let you go? Uh, just wish you all a Merry Christmas. Well, you as well. Thanks for calling in. Thank you. You were at a kumquat before? Uh, probably. Okay, but... so this, I picked it up at the grocery store. This is a lime quad. Okay, that's a that's Isn't a better that name. I like that name better. But you're supposed to eat it whole with the skin and everything. Uh, it does. It taste like a lime. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't I don't know what those are, but I'll take your word for it. Michigan expat, are you there? Good evening, Christensen Nation. How you doing there, Matt? I'm well. How are you? And how are you doing, blonde? Oh, that's not edible. Is she blonde? Hey, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Yes, I'm fine. I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine as well. Are you doing all right? Me? Yeah, I'm fine. Good. Well, I guess what I want to talk about tonight is, you know, midterm elections, like you haven't heard about that al enough already. And like, you know, maybe necessary ele uh, election reforms, you know, that ha need to happen with the system, you know, to ensure that we actually have, you know, free and fair elections in the future. But I what mean, what do like, you mean? It was the most secure midterm of all time. <laughs> But it's like, you know, number one, it's like, you know, we need to require valid photo ID to prove someone's identity and eligibility to vote. You know, number two, you know, early absentee mail-in voting only for military service members serving overseas. 
Number three, ban ballot harvesting and mail-in voting, you know, essentially early voting anyway. Mm -hmm. Number four, elections conducted on election day only, paper ballots counted by hand. In other words, no machine voting that, you know, can that, that can be, you know, hacked into or whatever. And mm -hmm. number five, you know, make election days national holidays so, you know, people don't have an excuse to, you know, they don't have any excuses to, you know, uh, miss out on the election or what else have you. But it's like, you know, sure. we need to find ways... We need to find ways to make it as hard for the Dems to cheat as we can. No, that's not the solution. We need to get better at cheating. <laughs> well, wait, wait. Given the option, let's say it was realistic to achieve the reforms that he's talking about. Let's say you could snap your fingers and make it happen. Wouldn't you prefer that to become better cheaters? I would definitely prefer to become better cheaters. What? Yeah, we could what? regain control. Ah, I see. So it's uh, power, not principles. Always. Yeah, I don't know. All right. I mean, yeah, I don't. I don't know if, if we're if we're talking about if we're talking about pr uh, principles. It's like we need we need to make sure you know things are you know fair and you know they run the way that you know they're theoretically supposed to. But I mean, it's just like yeah. I mean, I mean, back in 2020, you know, the elections back in 2020. It's like the second I first heard about mail-in voting. I mean, that's what I. That's how I figured. That's how I figured they were probably going to screw up the election. So, yeah, really. I mean, yeah, but um. I mean, other, There's other probably going to be a bunch of outspoken quadriplegics or whatever that are like, well, I need mail-in voting because I don't have movement below my neck or whatever. Well, because I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know how many people show up on election day, you know, in their wheelchair, you know, their motorized wheelchair. But it's like, you know, they they do it. You know, it's like, you know, that's yeah. that's the that's the person who deserves to vote is the person who says, you know, despite my you know complications, you know, I'm going to be there because you know I'm a, I'm an American patriot. I want to make sure. You know, we were uh, getting the right, yeah. you know, politicians in the office. Well, I mean, and, it's like, and you, it, I mean, and you, you you should have to to put up that minimum level of effort. Yes, I I, I freely admit that I vote uh, by mail absentee in this state because it's available. So I do it. But would I vote for a change to that policy? Yes. Reason being that my wife and I and everybody else, there should be a base level of effort to voting. Yeah. And yeah. could I could I go down to the you know to the polling place and do it? Yeah, I, I would and I could. Um, I don't because they don't require me to put up a base level uh, effort. And I know that nobody yeah. else is required to put up a base level of effort. But the reason that that base level of effort matters is it shows that you actually care when you're casting your ballot and you're not filling it out to make the activist at your door just go away. Exactly. That you yeah, actually yeah. have a sincere conviction that you're willing to act on when you go and and commit that commit that act of voting. So uh, yeah, that, like, that, that's why when people talk about making voting harder, it's like, well, it's no harder than going to the grocery store. And yeah, and if you can't well, put more, up a grocery like, store level of effort, you probably shouldn't be voting yeah. in the first well, place. It's like, it's like more like, it's like, why not just go to the polling place as opposed to going to the post office and mailing your ballot? It's like, you know, what's the, what's the difference? You know, yeah. you already left the house. Why don't you just go to the flipping polling place? Yeah. yeah. But, uh, because, I mean, you know, like you said, with, you know, uh, activists showing up at, at your door and just telling people, uh, you know, fill out, fill out a ballot and they're like, I don't know who to vote for. And they're just like, oh, uh, just fill I out can the ones help for you. The, yeah, no, fill, help fill, you. yeah. Yeah. Fill out, the, fill out the ones that are already labeled Democrat, which, you know, Tim Poole actually kind of talked about this. He said, you know, we should take the Democrat and Republican labels off the ballots. So we actually have to know, you know, the political affiliation of you know the person you're voting for, you know, it makes you learn you know the person's name, makes you learn the person's platform, and you know whether you really want to you know vote for them or not. Well, there are there's a flip side to that too. I'll give you an example. 
Sure. In this state, we had uh, what I would consider to be good election results. We had that weird um, born alive ballot measure that was defeated. And there were some other oddities. But in general, we got a super majority of Republicans in our in our state legislature yeah. um, and and some other good things. However, we reelected an insane leftist activist to our state mm. Supreme Court merely because she's an incumbent who was appointed by our last Democrat right. governor, Steve Bullock. Uh, yeah. And I, I think it be, and in this state, judges have to run as nonpartisan. Mm. So you, you really have to do your due Wait, diligence. There are states where they don't have to run. Where they yeah, run. I believe you can run as partisan in a party affiliation in, in some states. I'm not sure off the top of my head, but I believe that's the case. Oh, I didn't know that. But in this case, you got you got people who want it, it's a nonsensical outcome for people to vote for the two members of Congress that we just put in Ryan Zinke and Matt Rosendale and vote for this justice. Her name's Ingrid Gustafson. They are completely ideologically opposed. And yet that is the result that we got. I don't think it's because Montanans are just nuanced in their political views. I think it's because they see, no. well, this lady's like on the court right now. So she's probably Wait, her name's fine. Ingrid Augustafin and she's uh, a stupid Ingrid leftist. Gustafson. She is the, a stupid leftist. She is the most Nordic woman I've ever seen in my life. She looks like a skeleton with skin on it. That's it. Well, she's really betrayed her brethren. Uh, well, I suppose I'm going to have to go have a word. <laughs> she's not German. I don't know. I th- she looks like she's probably Norwegian, Swedish. Yeah. Finnish, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, she's a skeleton, a skeleton woman. I wouldn't vote for her because of her jaw situation. <laughs> it is very square, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, did you have additional yeah. thoughts? Uh, I'll yeah, give you a chance to respond to that because that, that's the situation yeah. that I didn't like. Because, I mean, otherwise, it's like the only the only thing I can really think of to do is, you know, the bullet points I mentioned, the, re- the reforms that probably need to take place. It's like the only thing I can really think of to do is to like, you know, for us to, you know, write letters to, you know, our Republican, you know, governor, senators, Congress people and saying, you know, these are these are the reforms we want. These are the reforms that need to happen. You know, you GOP people, you know, you need to, you know, you need to step the F up and uh, get shit done right. So, you know, if, if you want us to keep, you know, voting for you. So, well, that I like is this the Tim Pool idea, though. Just no partisan indications on the ballot at all. Yeah, but you yeah. have to have a picture of the individual. Ah. Then people would revert to voting based on physiognomy. We need a full detailed report. Not- no, just just a picture of their face. I bet we would make better voting decisions. Well, you okay, yeah, fine, I, but you have to get side profile too because sometimes the front is not sufficient. I yeah, but, yeah, but what do you? That. Yeah, but what are you going to do? What do you? What are you, you going to do? See Ilhan Omar. Think- by the way. <laughs> yeah, but what, yeah, but what are you going to do when, like, say, people think, you know, say Rand Paul looks, you know, stupid or something? I know. I well, yeah. I'm, men with curly hair have a tough break. I am not I, being I sincere, you. though. I have no doubt that blonde totally is. But yeah, I am. I vote um, for Ilan Omar. That chick is a smoke show. Well, no, this is the thing. Um, and I know because I saw her mugshot when she got arrested or whatever happened when she was at some protest. OK, I agree that she is a pretty woman from the front. Look at the side I'm profile. I'm looking at her side profile. Like, I would f- still. The sh- that I'd, that yeah, is a totally. weird head shape from the side. Wood bang. Uh, no, she looks totally normal to me. No, she otherwise. looks like a nice me, Muslim woman. Let me find. Let me find. The, uh, I don't care. I love Elon Omar. DGAF. <laughs> Big fan. Because <laughs> otherwise, I mean, what they said about midterms was that not enough Republicans voted. You know, not enough Republicans went out and actually voted. Yeah. Because, you know, they already felt like, you know, flipping, you know, defeated, black pilled, like their vote didn't matter, you know, et cetera, et cetera. 
And, Dude, you know, that's 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 what I'm hearing again with the Georgia runoffs that not enough Republicans came out and voted because they didn't feel like their vote mattered. It's like, you know, those, well, those don't of us, matter. Well, I don't know about that. But I mean, like like Matt's like like Matt said before, it's like so long as we have the right to we might as well, you know, use the damn right. You know, so long as we have it just in the off chance, it actually effing matters. So, yeah, if people are voting uh, then they're not thinking of ways to cheat. And that mm. bothers me. <laughs> I I don't want a a cheat war for a society, but me neither. Um, That's the situation but, we're in, guys. Yeah, I don't well, know what you're not. talking if we're about here. Cheat war. Let's. I mean, at that point, just end the charade and and yeah. have an all out war for control. Why have a cheat war of yeah. ballot harvesting? Or this is a totally normally Otherwise, shaped head. She's got a brain dude, pan. Her the ear back is, of her head is below is fine. her nose on the side. What are you talking? She's about? tilting her head up like. Oh this. no no no! This alignment is just insane. No, this is Otherwise, fine. Otherwise, me. I mean, I am all about closing loopholes. You know, here and there. So yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, maybe I love we'll how you f- call in to talk about something important, and we just want to talk about Alana Mars' head shape the whole time. If only Ingrid <laughs> Gustafson's picture had been on the ballot, she wouldn't be on the Montana Supreme Court. I guarantee. Nobody you would vote for her because of her wide jaw and Skeletor <laughs> face. I, well, I, now, now I have to. Now I, have, I need to see what this person looks like. Yeah, look, Ingrid Gustafson, look it up. All right, what, man. Which sta- well, for what state? Montana, Montana. Supreme Court. Montana. Okay. I'll, I'll actually, if you have a computer, if you're able to search it right now, I'll leave you on the line sure. for your reaction. We want okay. uh, the full physiognomy report. The full Ingrid. Ingrid. Yeah. Ingrid Gustafson, you said? Yeah. Ingrid Gustafson. It reminds me of Fargo. <laughs> Mr. Lundergaard? It's Mrs. Guffs- Mr. Gustafson. Galapedia. I feel like this is taking Galapedia. a long time. Okay, I'm yeah, going to give him his chance. Okay, she, okay, she's blonde. She's white. I thought, I thought you know, okay. But yeah, she's kind of... She's kind of uh, mannish looking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much it. Fair enough. All right. Pictures. All right. Well, th- thank you for the call. You take care. Thank you for the enthusiasm and the uh, thoughts. Appreciate it. Yep. You take care and Merry Christmas. You too. Merry Christmas. You too. You know, the Chinese government is profiling people based on their head shapes and facial features. And they do a lot of things right, those Chinese. They truly do. They've come around on the uh, COVID zero. <laughs> <laughs> All right, God. we're due for a break. How? Uh, we uh, one of those calls we talked about for quite some time. Sorry, I, you, you were getting your get this caller off the line face on, but I just kept asking questions. Okay. No, I, as long as uh, the conversation is good, I abandoned <laughs> time constraints long ago. Let's see. Um, Tommy the gun. Yeah, I served the the tours in Iraq. All the tours, Tommy. Uh, I came back disillusioned with the blind faith in Western modernity. Blonde's position feeds into their goals, centralization of power. Hmm. Wait, I want more centralization of power? Is it because I'm always talking about benevolent monarchy? Is it because I'm always talking about undermining all institutions (laughs) in favor of centralized power? (laughs) (laughs) Why would you think that? (laughs) Is that why? Most of my talking is just me trying to hash out my own position. So don't... Don't take anything I say seriously. Anything. Uh, Daniel Yeager. Was that debate with Obama on gay marriage from his Illinois Senate race from uh, April 2005? It might be. Let me look who he ran against. Illinois Senate race. Keep going, and I'm going to see if that's the right guy to, to confirm. Um, yes. Matt, his name is? is Alan Keyes. This was the two, it must have been the 2004 Senate election in Illinois. I know that guy. He ran as a Republican. Obama got 70% of the vote. So apparently Wait, did you his, say Keeves? 
keys k-e-y-e-s yeah yeah i don't know much about him other than that but that was former uh, u.s assistant secretary of state for international organizational affairs alan keys gay marriage uh yes you know um do you have the oh this isn't the right one maybe i can find the clip and play it if you want to keep going sure Matt Wilkerson, my daughter, who was born with seriously disabling genetic issues, is now beginning to stand at 18 months old. My left-wing wife is pregnant with our second, registered as a Republican, and we bought a minivan. Life is good. I'm glad to hear that, Matt. Um, if you don't mind, would, could you let me know in the live chat what condition your daughter has? I know you. we've talked about it before, but um, I'm really sorry to hear that, but mm. I, I don't understand God's plan. I, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't get why bad things happen to people, but... I'm all glad the best that some to your things family, in your man. life are, are going well and all the best to you. Yeah, and, Jeff, and congrats on uh, the new little one as well. Uh, Jeff Slote, if you want to have better judges, look up the Missouri plan takes politics out of the situation. I'll look that up while you're looking. This ah, up. well, do you have the video share open? I do. I do. This is two minutes long, so we'll see if it gets to the point that I'm talking about. But this is Alan Keyes debating Obama in apparently 2004. Mr. Keyes, on the Channel 7 debate last Thursday night, you, Thursday night you, you said, and I'm quoting you, where procreation is in principle impossible, marriage is irrelevant. You went on to say it was irrelevant and not needed. What about marriage between people who are well beyond their childbearing age? Irrelevant, not needed? No, no it's simply a misunderstanding. The word in principle means relating to the definition of, not relating to particular circumstances. So if an apple has a worm in it, the worm is not part of the definition of the apple. It doesn't change what the apple is in principle. Uh, so the fact... It retains its apple can I, can I, If it retains... It re, no, it retains... Uh, to, to act as if concepts are laughable means that you want to be irrational. Human no, I'm beings I'm reason... You, you said, you said if it was irrelevant Human and beings not reason by means of concepts and definition. We also make laws by means of definitions. And if you don't know how to operate with respect for those definitions, you can't make the law. An individual who is impotent or another who is infertile does not change the definition of marriage in principle. Because between a man and a woman in principle, procreation is always possible. And it is that possibility which gave rise to the institution of marriage in the first place. As a matter of law, as a matter of law and principle. But when it is impossible, as between two males or two females, you're talking about something that's not just incidentally impossible, it's impossible in principle. Uh, and that means that if you say that that's a marriage, you are saying marriage can be understood in principle apart from procreation. You have changed its definition in such a way as, in fact, to destroy the necessity for the institution. Since the only reason it has existed in human societies and civilizations was to regulate from a social point of view the obligations and responsibilities attendant upon procreation. Uh, so when you start playing games in this way, you are actually acting as if the institution has no basis independent of your own art. Ooh, that yeah. is so based. That's two minutes, probably the most concise, well-articulated defense of the <laughs> traditional definition of marriage. And you think, man, that's 2004. That's a full 11 years before the court's decision even. Yeah. Wow. Good for him. That's so true, isn't it? It's it's tough to argue against. Again, it's like what for what purpose do we have this institution? And obviously there can be 
um, outliers in the way that he's describing. There can be old people. There can be people who can't reproduce for whatever reason. But that doesn't change the base level definition and purpose of what the institution is. And if it's not good enough for you just to have the same legal rights that that institution involves, if you must have the word itself and change the definition and purpose of the word itself, you got problems. You got consequences that result from that. Mm. And that's exactly what he's talking about. And here we are 18 years later talking about men can be women, women can be men, and we should teach the kids these values. Yeah. Interesting. But uh, yeah, Alan Keyes. I, I should uh, look up more about him, I guess. Anyway, wow, uh, thanks for the uh, thanks for participating in our brief break there. I hope it was worth the listen. And we will come back to your chats uh, at the bottom of the hour or at the end of the show, rather. Um, Thank you. I'll guys. have to just circle back with you. Next up is <laughs> Adolf Enwardstein. Is that the uh, is your avatar the image that got Kanye banned on Twitter? Is it the swastika inside of the Star of David? I can't tell. Uh, it is, but um, I uh, I preempted Kanye on this. I've had this as my my profile for a few months. So um, so you might be. Can oh, you, I thought it was our Australian friend. Oh no, it's, it's somebody you, else. Okay. You are the original. Noted. Uh, can you clarify to me what exactly it means? Uh, yeah. It's a it's a swastika in a Jew star. But I get that. But what is the meaning? I don't know. Oh, all right. <laughs> I just thought it looked fun. Uh, this this UFO <laughs> thing, this, this this alien religion. I'm not sure. Why did the alien religion adopt this image? That's what I want to know. You're asking the wrong guy. Yeah. All right. Well, um, what's on your mind? Okay. Yeah. So. <sighs> I want to discuss, and this might be a quick call. Um, I'm not exactly sure. Uh, I wanted to talk today sort of about how do we align with like the other? Um, and I'll clarify that like a little bit. Um, you know, when we, when we define people who don't exactly align with us in sort of whatever ideology and whatever capacity that is, um, we could see them in like two different lights. Maybe there's like a third or even fourth, but, um, I see them, you know, there's like sort of like the enemy of the of my enemy is my friend. Right. But then there's also like the useful idiot. Um, and I've got like a few examples that I'll kind of run through us with here. Um, first, like it's Tulsi Gabbard. Um, you know, she's kind of kind of gone through a bit more of like a little bit better. Um, but, you know, she's still anti-nuclear energy. She's still pro-abortion. Um, Trump, he did, you know, like a bunch of like kind of based stuff. But, you know, the bomb stock ban huge red flag um and then you get guys like dan crenshaw and like these israel first republicans um there are a ton of people who i think have a lot of redeeming values but still are kind of shit in the end and so you you, but you can't uh, being ideologically pure um would be awesome but there's just so many people who who will not align with the majority uh or even i think the um even maybe a plurality of the things that I care about. So when I like look at these people, how is it that um, I should be or that you should be or that we as, you know, um, sort of, I don't even know these libertarians for, for Matt or, you know, based Nazi men for blonde. <laughs> how should we look at these people and, and sort of align ourselves with people who are imperfect? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I don't know that we should be aligning ourselves with people that are imperfect, but um, 
you know, th- these kinds of conservatives that don't have the same kind of uh, preservation of Western values, ideals that I have are so worthless to me. But I think we should be using them when we need them and discarding them otherwise. We want to give them the old pump and dump. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to cock and say that we should date them and convince them and show them a nice night out on the town and change but their minds. But you wouldn't pump and dump till Change their minds. Well, I'm calling bullshit use. on this. Yeah, we should be gentlemen uh, about it. But we should it, we should accept them into the fold if there's a genuine conversion in their in their stance. Uh, yeah. Well, I But I would, not trust them for 10 years. <laughs> I the one of the things I, I hate about the progressive left so much is the hyper purity testing and the eating of their own. And I'm not saying that none of that is ever warranted, that you shouldn't hold you know, quote unquote your own people to account when they make a mistake or when they're wrong about something. But you don't want to lose capacity for understanding and forgiveness. Number one, because those things are values for their own sake, but number two, because there is value by showing good grace to those people, you increase your likelihood of convincing them. And I have to, but you open yourself up to, um, mutiny is the problem. How so? Because these people, they're sometimes subversive. Constitutional conservatives ah. do this too. And then, what if they start peeling people off from your? From As your in, if they're if they are not of good faith themselves and they're trying to, yeah, manipulate. Yeah, I like guess the somebody question like would Charlie be, Kirk is almost as worthless to me as somebody like on the far left. How do you? Uh, so I guess the question would be, how do you differentiate between the manipulator and the good faith person who's able to be convinced? Well, it's if they're trying to keep people on the constitutional conservative reservation, that person is a snake that cannot be trusted. Wait, what? (laughs) Don't I qualify as that? How? how... No, because I think that you really believe it. Ah, you think you're saying if someone is like grifting on that basis or something? I think that Dan Crenshaw is probably like that. I don't know what to make of Dan Crenshaw, man. I just pure faith in the American government. I don't think so. Tulsi Uh, Gabbard strikes me as more uh, has more purity. I I I, I tried to be as generous with Dan Crenshaw as I could be. Why? Because the Um, veteran thing. Yeah, and I will always have respect for that. However, that doesn't mean that I that doesn't mean that I have to love everything you do or agree with everything you say. And what really lost me was telling people or implying that people who have questions about the money going to Ukraine, that you're some pro Putin puppet or that you're some kind of unpatriotic idiot. If you don't support blank checks for Ukraine, yeah, man, that one, that was, and I know people will say what took you so long because he's done all sorts of things, supporting red flag laws and, and other things he's done that people said you should have come around quicker, but I never want to be, as I'm sure my critics would I know my critics notice and and probably rightfully so in many circumstances, I don't want to be too quick to shove someone out to condemn somebody to say that they're a bad guy or something like that. The flip side of that is there are some bad guys. There are some snakes to your point. The quicker you identify them, the better. I just uh, I don't know of a way to do that with sufficient accuracy yeah, if we knew Unless the answer I, to that question, we'd have a fortified movement, which we don't. It's in shambles. So. The only way to do it is we need to see a mugshot of every single person, both the front and the, the side profile. And we need to. I know. Make our and I'm building a really efficient Chinese style algorithm. 
that detects uh, the ability to appreciate the national socialist perspective. And uh, ah, we're just going to run everybody's face through that. All right. Uh, so that's us um, trying to answer your question, but clearly not arriving at clear <laughs> definitions, Mr. Adolf. <laughs> Do you have additional thoughts to add to it? Um, no, not as far as this, this topic goes. Um, it's just been something I've kind of been mulling over. Um, I didn't have sort of any real answer or conclusion that I came to. And I was like, well, let's ask you guys, see if you, if you had something more uh, insightful than I did. Yeah, maybe I don't I think just, we did. I don't, maybe I just I don't go, think so. well, Blonde, you've said before, and maybe there's wisdom in it. Just take the old baseball rule, man. Three strikes. Yeah. Everybody should get, uh, you know, you get the chance for a few mistakes here and there. And, and for me, I'm actually, I'm going to be very forgiving on so-called ideological strikes. Like you had, you think something about a certain policy that doesn't bother me as much as thinking something about a certain policy. And then people uh, respond to you and maybe criticize that position. And then you don't debate it. You call them, you accuse them of having some sort of character flaw, like in Crenshaw's case, it's because you're pro Putin or it's because you're an idiot or something. But I also place a lot of value in the quality of somebody's repentance. Hmm. So like Emily Oster, who tried to do the the COVID truce, if she had come out and in that article said, listen, I'm a woman that is susceptible to persuasion. I am I'm left leaning. I, I, I tapped into some hysteria and I made a grave error in judgment for which I will eternally be apologetic. I'd be like. Cool, bitch. We have some common ground. She did about 5% of that. (laughs) Yeah. 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 But but if somebody comes out and they're like, I've been had, I understand what it's like to be propagandized. I've lived a large percentage of my portion having worldviews that were not my own, but I was totally emphatic about them. So I understand that. If people come forward and they're like, the wool has been over my eyes. I apologize for doing all this stuff. I like, I will fucking listen. I'll listen. All right. Well, thank you for the thoughts, Adolf. Uh, could I just take uh, one last thought? Sure. Um, so, Blonde, I don't know if you remember where Puyallup is. Um, I live a little bit outside Puyallup. Um, yeah. Every time I'm on I-5, I always think about that based air train plowing through those coon lovers. Uh, thank you. Wait, what? Good ride. <laughs> on I-5, was it did... the Somali guy? He's already out of here. Jeez. Wait, he said, he said based air train? Oh, he's... Or was he talking about the Seattle? Yeah. Was that one? But those chicks weren't coon lovers because (laughs) the guy was black, right? The guy who in Seattle, it was like, it wasn't Somalian. It was one of those neighbor countries to Somalia. No, he was Somalian. No, it was one of the neighbor ones. Eritrea. Yeah, that country. (laughs) It it seriously was. I remember because it wasn't Somalian. Does anybody know what he's talking about? I don't. But that, uh, well, he just, he took the gamble and he got the <laughs> hell out of here. <laughs> McManity, you're up next. In the air, mate? Yes, sir. Yeah, yes. <laughs> What's on your mind? How are you guys doing tonight? Well, uh, as long as Susan will still have us, I suppose we're doing fine. Yeah, really. Gotcha. What's on your mind? So, got a, got like three topics um, to pick from. So we've got the virtues of civic nationalism. Yes. We have. Oh, God. In the second one. And then the third one is going to be um, 
physiognomy as it relates to <laughs> eye color. Ooh. Uh, eye color. I don't care about that because like six billion people have brown eyes. And only five billion of them are psychopaths. Well, I'm it's been a physiognomy evening, so I'm inclined to say that. However, the first point on civic nationalism, I'm surprised to see your enthusiasm on that because I figured that would be a a reaction of the opposite nature. You would be uh, disgusted by it. Oh, oh exactly. but I can destroy yeah, anybody's it was argument. Finger, it was finger, finger quotations, the virtues. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. So is it finger quotations are your uh, perspective or are I guess a more clear way to phrase it? Are you here to advocate or to criticize it? To criticize. I was putting virtue in the finger quotations. I want to hear the eye color thing, but uh, if you guys are, if you guys want to discuss the other, we can have it. I was, I was honestly hoping to see if blonde had any take on eye color. Okay. We can talk about that. Like I've seen a handful of memes here and there and kind of looking at it where it kind of breaks it down into, yeah, you've got really unique, like a teal at the very tippy top and then brown eye color at the bottom kind of breaking down everything. Yeah. Kind of thinking a little bit about that. Maybe is there anything to it or just in your opinion? Is there anything to wait? You're gonna have to say that again. Like personality traits related to eye color, or what are we thinking here? Uh, yeah, kind of uh, personality traits as they relate to eye color. Okay. No, I'm unfamiliar with all of this. My nephew has heterochromia. Does that mean he's gonna like be a serial killer? Does that mean two different eye colors? He has a blue eye and a brown eye. Ah. And he's a twin. uh, He's a little freak show. How old is he? He's eight months old. Oh, so, okay. So that that definitely could change. Or yeah, will it I not? think by six months, it's pretty. Hmm. When does eye color? Change? I've heard that kids' eye color can change into well as late as age three, but I don't know if that's true. One um, year. Well, I sense. I I don't know anything about this other than the general rarity, right? The order is green are the rarest, if I'm correct, and then. Blue would be rarer than brown. Where does hazel fit in? I don't know about that. Uh, I don't know. But uh, I've never heard that we could tell uh, other traits based on eye color. Is this just something that you theorize or is there uh, as are there more serious claims to this? I'd I'd come across a couple memes over the past year or so. um, And it's kind of uh, you've got a pyramid and at the top, it's almost uh almost silver like a silvery blue eyes oh yeah like those Uh, ice blue ones yeah and then at the bottom you've got brown and dark brown yeah Hmm. um followed by uh next one up was like hazel and greenish brown then green then blue and then at the top it was the silvery blue Wait, blue what is purple. Kind of, what's People the what's the organizational structure of this pyramid? Is it just rarity, or is there a, some some other reason it's organized that way? I wasn't sure if because I don't know a whole lot about physiognomy, but I wasn't sure if there was some type of esoteric backstory to it that Blonde was aware of. I haven't heard about any of this. Hmm. If there was something to it, Blonde would know. That's all I, I think can so. Say. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, I don't know. I'm ne- I don't know that I've ever thought I should 
trust or distrust that person based on eye color. Mm. Can't can't recall having such an experience, but I don't know. I guess I'll just have to leave it at that because I don't know anything about it other than than how common or not they are. Gotcha. How about um, rather than uh, eye color, how about uh, Senpaku eyes? Have you heard of Senpaku eyes? No. No. What is that? It's uh, kind of how much of the whites of your eyes is exposed. Oh, yeah. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has this issue. What is it? Let me Google it. Uh, How do I? What's it called? Senpaku eyes. How, How do you spell it? S-A-N-P-A-K-U. Okay. Thank you. Oh, San Paku. Okay. Let's see. The uh, It's a Japanese term meaning three whites. Okay, so it refers to the, the eyes in which the white space above or below the iris is revealed. So this just means like in your, in your default face your full iris is uncovered entirely by your eyelids and there's actually white on either side of it. Is that the idea? And she has that Like the inverse of that. They're just kind of like, yeah. Okay. They, they, well, they also show like, uh, who's this guy? I don't know. They, they, it's just, uh, they got like the Unabomber in here or something, or who is this guy? Anyway, um, it just, the, the images I'm seeing are just big, wide, people who look like they're trying to hold their eyes open, kind of like AOC does sometimes. So it's, it's sort of like that. And I know if you're listening later, you can't see me doing it, but, uh, it's like your eyelids don't cover your eyes enough. Basically. That's what it looks like to me. Hmm. You should distrust those people. The, these, these people are untrustworthy. They look crazy. I think this is a fancier way of just saying crazy eyes. It's like it's hard to define, but you kind of know crazy eyes when you see them. And AOC has that. Maybe this is it. Like there are varying degrees to it. Okay. So it's typically when you're not super stressed, your eyes won't really have any of the whites aside from the sides visible. Um, and as your internal stress kind of increases one of the sides might end up having a little bit um, below the iris of your eye. Yeah. The whites become visible. And this, this image in the article I'm looking at, I don't know why I thought this was the Unabomber. It's Charles Manson. So I should clarify ah, Charles yeah. Manson. You are fake news. And um, the, the article is titled Japan Senpaku eye superstition. And it's all about sort of what you're getting at. Can you tell the crazy based on, there's just eye shape, but like how much of the actual white of your eye is exposed. And there's no denying. You look at these pictures. Th- that is something that makes a person look crazy. Too much yeah. white in their eye makes them look crazy. Yeah, yeah. Weird. All right. So we got there. I was, I was wondering how we were going to get to telling something out of uh, out of people's eyes. This is how we did it. Thank you for that. Yeah, of course. All right. Any other thoughts before we let you go? Um. No, I just remember what my uh, what my second talking point was going to be. Okay, um, it was uh, I guess the morality of let's assume that there are elites and they are using some type of uh, blood magic. Let's just let's just say they're using blood magic. Is there morality in 
combating that type of magic with a different type of magic. I don't even know what you mean by I don't even know what you mean, yeah. Yeah, so I probably have to defer on this question just because we got to keep it moving. But if you want to send us uh, an email about it or call in another time, we can talk about it. Yeah, definitely. Sure. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. All right. Perfect, guys. Thanks. Bye. Blood magic. Blood magic and Sanpuku eyes. Those are new topics. Rusty Culture is up cool. next. Rusty, are you there? Yes, I'm here. What's on your mind? Hi. Ahoy, ahoy. How's it going? We are well. What do you That's want to good. talk about? I was curious. It's a couple things happened last week, uh, especially with Miriam Webster coming out with gaslighting as being the word of the year. What? Oh. How convenient. I was curious if you saw what the CDC director tweeted out last week. No. What did she say? Okay, well, Rochelle Mengele, I'm sorry, I mean, Walensky, she tweeted out that this year marks the 50th anniversary of the end of the syphilis study. I did see that, yeah. (laughs) I, I really like the end of it where it's like, you know, we are going to honor their suffering and sacrifice and our commitment to ethical research and practice. <laughs> yeah. So I don't understand. Like- I don't know all the details of that, but I gather contextually that this was some sort of government sponsored syphilis test on uh, unknowing participants. Is that fair to say? Pretty much. Okay. It start, if I remember correctly, it started in the late thirties and then uh, the, Treatment for syphilis was introduced in 43, but they just didn't give it to these guys at the time, you know, because they wanted to find out what happens. Did they actually infect these guys with syphilis or did they already have it? I believe there was, they already had it. Okay. So there was some that already had it and there was a test group. Got it. Okay. Well, yeah. Thank you for your sacrifice, guys. Uh, (laughs) We've learned our ethical lessons. Sorry that you had to be the guinea pigs, but, uh. Yeah, uh, I'm sure. I'm sure that uh, all the um, all the CDC powers and everybody else in unaccountable government would never do such things to us that, that ever would again. Never happen. It's, yeah, especially it's very, not right now. It's very comforting from the lady who otherwise insists you get an experimental vaccine, no matter who you are. Yeah, uh, she's learned her lesson. She would never do the the terrible things that were done in the past. Yeah, especially with all of the news articles coming out now, and I would bring them up, but I don't know if later on those talking points will become verboten again so we can't say it and you'll get a strike after the fact but there's all this stuff coming out now it's like so that stuff that you know people like you guys have been saying two years ago is now we can now say it's like oh yeah that's happening now yeah well uh, i uh i I, i'll have to read up more on that uh, experiment so i can understand exactly what uh rochelle walensky is talking about (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> but I'm glad she's so glad she's so uh, thoughtful and charitable in I honoring think they those. I actually men. had a link to the actual CDC article on it, and it's like, hmm. so it's not like the information wasn't there for her to look up and go, hey, you know, maybe I should change the wording of this because. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you for the thoughts on that. Did you have anything else before we let you go? I'm probably just the final thing. I'm, I don't know if you guys have ever listened to JP Sears. I'm aware yeah. of him. Oh, yeah, but yeah. I don't uh, I don't know everything, but yeah. Uh, the redheaded a, comedian guy, correct? Yes. Yeah. There was a great video he came out with uh, probably about three or four months ago. It was titled Why I Changed My Mind About Evil. 
It was pretty oh. interesting. And I saw his some... uh, his his why I changed my mind about guns, and it was pretty good. That was months ago. Yeah, this one came out I think in August, and okay. it was actually a really good. There was a really good white pill moment in it, and I I would try and do it justice, but he he said it really well, and I think he, you know he might. Was his prior perspective that he well what how was his mind changed from what perspective to what perspective? I think he was of the mind that there was there's really no evil in the world and everybody's hmm. all trying to get go towards a better tomorrow and we're all working together. We're just doing different things. And he's yeah. He he's basically looks at all the stuff that happened during the past two years. Yeah. And and says, I was I was wrong. There there are people that even if they don't know they're evil, they are working towards evil gains. That used to be naive teenager me used to believe yeah. such things like that. I remember having a, a debate would be too strong of a word, but a discussion with my high school government teacher. And I was arguing something to the effect of how could tolerance ever be bad? I know that sounds <laughs> ridiculous now, but, but this is this is 17 or 18 year old me. Yeah. OK, this we is very there. speaking of wide eyes. This is wide eyed me. Hey, and he wasn't the- uh, he was just pushing back and he's saying, well, what if you tolerate bad destructive things and there's teenage me thinking well there's no there's really no evil there's just there's there's just cultures there's just uh you know other other sets of values and yeah yeah when you when you believe naively that there aren't bad people uh or bad forces you inherently make yourself vulnerable to those things. And you learn that lesson the hard way. So I'm glad that I came around on that philosophy before evil confronted me in a potentially dangerous way. Yep. Or maybe yeah. it already has. <laughs> it's kind of like all the, the uh, older news media that are like, well, how can they be fascist? They, they're anti-fascist <laughs> yeah. in the name. <laughs> it says right there. Didn't you read it? Uh, all right. Well, thank you for the thoughts, man. Yep. Have a good Christmas. Christmas. Merry Christmas. You too. We do have one more caller waiting, so I figure we'll we'll let him okay. chime in so we don't leave him hanging. New Beezer, are you there? Hi. Hello. We are uh, tight on time, so I'll probably have to be quick, but uh, thank you for your patience and calling in. Okay. Uh, a quick note that uh, I came across uh, recently. I like to, or I want to build up a, a, a collection of historical replicas. Of oh, like- yeah and armor and things like right, that yeah. uh, eventually. But um, one of the things that I found out uh, was that, at least in my jurisdiction here in Canada, uh, despite all the, the gun laws and all that kind of stuff, uh, turns out that muzzle-loading muskets, like flintlock muskets and pistols and things like that, turns out that that's legal and you don't even have to register them. Uh, yeah. Well, a lot of that is true in the States, too, that uh, if, if, if I'll... Might not get this exactly correct, but if if you have an antique firearm as in pre eighteen ninety nine, even if it's replica of an eighteen pre eighteen ninety nine design, that is not technically a firearm. So you could, if you want like a Blackbeard pirate black powder pistol shipped straight to your door, you can still do that in this country, even if you're a criminal, even if you're a felon. That's not a gun, if I understand oh. correctly, at least. That that's interesting, but uh... yeah. If if they take too many rights away, like uh, your your statement of like 1776 will rise again. It's like, well, okay, well, the only guns we'll have access to is literal muskets. We might as well, yeah, yeah. The, w- there's that great meme sort of narrative piece about 
defending your rights the way the founders intended by shooting cannons at you know you wake up in the middle of the night and you shoot a ruffian with a cannon that you have posted at the top of your stairs and yep you grab your uh kentucky long rifle and all this yeah maybe we'll just go See, back to that we'll go back yeah. to uh <laughs> gentlemanly warfare where, where we stand in a field opposite of each other and put the powder down the muzzle and uh, take the ramrod or whatever. I don't even know the terms because I've, I've actually never handled a muzzle loader myself, but I've seen the Patriot. So I have an idea of how it works. <laughs> how weird that must've been like standing across from a guy and having to Reload, do that whole yeah. manual process of reloading. And I, w- I wonder like, and not I'm, putting your face in the dirt to avoid getting shot. Yeah. Yeah. I just uh, what that sort of race to be the first to get the shot out would be like. It just so weird to to think that that was. I don't know. I guess I just don't understand. I don't understand the thinking of of the the etiquette of warfare back then. Why that was the way that you handled it. Was it just because it was gentlemanly, or why? I think that's the only thing that they figured out how to do it. It was um, like after the move away from crossbows into. Um, like the first fire uh black powder firearms yeah they were still using uh rank fire and all that kind of stuff in order to boost the amount of lead or the amount of projectiles that could be put down range as fast as possible oh that's uh, why it so it wasn't so... like a politeness thing it was just oh, no, like no, no. well there is the moral argument that ah. apparently back in the day because everybody was christian they didn't like the idea of actually picking a target to actually kill i see that you're firing yeah. at this random agglomeration this line of people and you don't know right the one that actually killed the person it's like yeah you're firing at all of the british rather than just a singular identifiable british guy yeah 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 that's apparently why uh riflemen had a bit of a bad um uh bad reputation back in the day because Mm. the rifleman could actually pick the individual that he was killing so he was seen as almost a murderer huh well uh, I will have to reacquaint myself with the principles of gentlemanly warfare before it comes for me very soon. Yeah, uh, I'll, I think I'll leave my other question for, for another time about sure. uh, transhumanism, but uh, just because it's the end of the show. Yeah, sure. Thanks for calling in and uh, all the best with your collection. Yep. Looking forward to it. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, thanks to all our callers tonight. Appreciate it, guys. Uh, if you... We're not able to get in live or uh, you'd like to participate in the show, but you can't do it live. Of course, please send us an email question. The way you can do that is through the contact page of the website, mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact. Look for the call-in show question form. We are uh, two weeks. uh, We've taken two weeks off from the email questions, but it looks like we have a manageable amount here. So uh, Florida Pureblood says, hi, as my name suggests, uh, I am not jabbed. I had a frightening thought the other day. What if I get into a car accident or something and I need blood to survive? Are there any safeguards to make sure I don't receive any clot shot blood? Have you thought about uh, how blood donations it got caught off, caught off uh, or cut off here? So I assume maybe there was more to the question, but. Um, this- well, yeah, I don't know what happened there. Sorry. Um, yeah. Interestingly, we know somebody with this issue and it sounds like there's basically nothing you can do and you just have to get the blood. The one story that I and we have heard is in a different country uh, where if I'm understanding correctly, you have no say or discretion about making that sort of distinction. I 
I don't know with certainty, but I would highly doubt that you would get to make that sort of request if you actually need a blood transfusion in this country, that you would be able to make the distinction between jabbed and unjabbed blood. And in the situation that we were told about in another country, this particular situation in which this was a situation in which a person who knows the person in need of the blood wanted to donate to that person. And they could not do it. And you still couldn't do that because of all the processing rules. And it wasn't like an... It was an emergency situation, but it wasn't on like the the kind of tr- time crunch as a a car accident trauma. Yeah, know? it's not like you're bleeding out. It's like you need this uh, for uh, in, because of a, uh, another health condition that is managed over time. Um. So yeah, no, I don't. I don't think that's possible. But if people have information otherwise, please correct me. Uh, I'd like to know. Yeah. But uh, if you need the blood, you're going to be getting the. Uh, the Pfizer enhanced blood. It sounds like look at this name trap. <laughs> what is I actually, it looks trappy, but I'm having trouble it's reading. It's totally trappy. Uh, yeah. The last name, but I, I don't get kill the all them. Oh, oh, Kyle. Uh, Kyle is supposed to be kill. That's Kyle kind of a stretch. Uh, does humanity need a great reset? Not a Schwabian style reset, but an actual reset like back to the stone age. Um, I certainly don't want one. I don't want one either, but I think there are certain lessons that are only learned by hardship. And I think we're too far removed from hardship to understand those, those lessons in theory. I wish that we could sit back and learn about all the struggles that prior generations have endured. So so as not to repeat them, but I just think there's something inherent about the human condition. We have to learn certain lessons the hard way through experience. Yeah. It's not that we can read about it happening in a book a hundred years ago. We have to have the experience and (laughs) we are too soft. Life is too easy. There isn't enough struggle. There isn't enough hardship. I want nothing to do with that. I want my family to have a comfortable life. I want my son to have a comfortable upbringing. Yeah. But uh, for some reason, uh, we, we have to. When times get too good, hardship finds its way back to teach us the lessons that we've strayed from. And I have that's no doubt goes, that's coming yep. uh, in the general yep. future. Yep. Sucks. I don't want it to be that way, but just the way of the world, it seems. I don't know. Do you uh, disagree at all? No, unfortunately, I don't. I think it's the only way that we're going to find our way back to God. Hmm. Mister, Here's another trap. Mr. Knickers, as in the sort of pants that you might choose to wear. After watching my mother pass, all I think about is living life to its fullest. With that in mind, where do you see yourselves in the next few years? Well, I'm sorry about your mom, but I'm glad that you've been able to find purpose in that loss because that is the key to processing loss when it confronts you. So that is very good. And um, where do I see myself in the next few years? Um, I hope that I will be able to continue the privilege of doing exactly what I do because I love it. That uh, I love what I do professionally, and I love that it enables me to have the family that I do. I, as long as I'm able to provide for my wife and son and, God willing, uh, more children after that by doing what it is that I love to do, as far as I'm concerned, I've achieved the dream, and everything else is just kind of bonus cherry on top type stuff. So, yeah, I, I speaking 100% honestly, I don't sit here with dreams about achieving some much higher thing. Oh, I want to be on like network TV or uh, I want to have a giant house or whatever. 
I just want to be able to talk about things that I think are important and I want to be able to take care of my family. And if I'm yeah. able to do that, then it's, then, uh, it's all good. So that's, that's what I hope for. I just hope to <laughs> in the context, speaking of how hardship is coming, if I'm able to maintain what I have, I feel really good about that. I know that sounds like, so I don't know what the word I'm looking for is like anti optimistic or anti is it though goal took us a long time to get here uh yeah but but if you can't the tougher that times get to me it's like if you can't appreciate what you have just for a second if you're always looking forward to the next thing that you got to get there's no joy in that yeah like what, what kind of life is that i want to be able to enjoy what i have and and live live in the moment as the cliche says but but yeah that's all i want i don't want to work so hard in pursuit of other things that I miss my son's entire childhood or something like that. I want to provide him with a good life, but a good life means a present dad who raises him correctly and and all of that. So I, uh, anti-ambition is what I was looking for. That may sound like I lack ambition, but I, I, as far as I'm concerned, there's no ambition greater than providing a a good home for my family. That is the the first and most important ambition and everything else is secondary. That's how I feel. It's like if I'm just like maxing out my time with Emmeline and God willing more children in the future, I'll feel really successful. Yeah. Uh, And I'm if you told me five, six years ago what I would have been able to accomplish by doing the by talking on the Internet in this way, Mm -hmm. I would have. I would have called that a great success. I would have I would have thought, my God, I actually (laughs) I figured out a way to make it happen. Yeah. Um, So. You know, I, as far as I'm concerned, I, I'm very proud of that. And I don't want to disrespect the appreciation I have for that by implying that it's somehow insufficient or thinking, well, I got to I got to have more. I got to do more. Yeah. Nah, uh, th- this is this is the sort of stuff that I thought about five or six years ago in terms of what I wanted and how I would achieve satisfaction in life. So I better enjoy some satisfaction in life while it's available to me. Yep. Charlie, uh, are you up next or am I? I forget. I'm up next. Uh, are you not commenting on the Dave Chappelle SNL monologue on purpose or have you not watched it? If you have watched it, what are your thoughts on it? I watched it. Um, I don't know. I'm always apprehensive when I'm when I hear like a big personality saying some stuff that I like. He didn't totally turn his back on Kanye, which I appreciate. He said some kind of Kanye things in that in that monologue. Yeah. Um, I'm not trying to not talk about it on purpose. The The reason that I really haven't is because that came out on a Saturday night. I was completely unaware of it until Monday or Tuesday of that week. I didn't yeah. even know it happened when we did our Sunday stream. Yeah. Then I listened to it. And then by the time you get to the next weekend, it's like, well, I don't know. Am I really going to go back to like Chappelle's Saturday Night Live monologue from a week and a half ago or something? Right. All right. But um. I, at the time, I thought it was interesting because he didn't he he not only did he not throw Kanye under the bus, he kind of winked and nodded to some of the Kanye things. He said, I, mm-hmm. I was appalled by what Kanye said, but then I remembered like what Hollywood is like or something like that. Or I've been to yeah, Hollywood yeah. implying that he had some level of understanding. I just think it's interesting. I, I would be unfair to say that Chappelle has done the full Kanye because he hasn't. But he did sort of wink and nod at Kanye themed things. And nobody really cares about that. That's totally fine. 
I guess once again, it was a he, wink and a nod. He wasn't as explicit as Kanye. Was. Well, even still, you're not supposed to wink and nod at Kanye. That is supposed to be unforgivable. You're supposed to be. It was pre Alex Jones things. interview. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was when Kanye was just tweeting or whatever he was doing. It, it was right after the yeah. DeathCon thing, uh, DeathCon three thing or whatever it was. Uh, but yeah, that's why it just it's one of those things that was kind of awkward in the timeline of our stream. So. I just haven't uh, it just didn't make an appearance sort of for that reason. But uh, but thank you for the uh, the question. Um, this one, we don't have a I name. I cut off somebody's name. OK, sorry. sorry, we missed the name on this one. But have you guys been following the developments in the completely free and fair Brazil elections? Many parallels to 2020, except that there's a chance the military may step in as per Article 142 of their constitution. If that happens and the people are thrown into prison. Uh, do you think it will have any effect on fighting quote unquote fortification in other countries around the world? I just don't know enough about what's going on there. I know that Bolsonaro lost. I know that there are a lot of questions about how and why he lost. I know that the protests are absolutely massive and just on general terms, watching from afar, there seem to be similar themes to what we've experienced over the last couple of years, like a massive observable popular support in the streets for a particular candidate. And I guess this massive ghost voting block for the other guy that nobody's ever even met a supporter of, but somehow he got not just sufficient votes, but at least in the case of the U S the most votes ever. The most votes. I I don't know if this is going to positively affect uh, the the voting patterns of other countries or fortification. Yeah, I I doubt it's going to influence anything in that way. All I know is I love uh, Jair Jair Bolsonaro because he said we have to stop being a country of faggots about coronavirus. And I'll I will always credit him for that. I don't care what his other policies are. Funny. If he understands that we can't be a country of faggots about Rona. That's all you really need to know, isn't it? Um, Colin show questions. Let's see. Happy crypto merchant. Um, Can we trust billionaires? Trump and Musk included. It seems that you have to play the game to become one and toe the line to stay one. Um, I don't know. I I don't think you can trust billionaires, but I I also kind of think you can't trust anybody. That's probably a decent default. Um, In general, I I don't want to assign characteristics to people based on their property, based on their wealth, that the idea that you're inherently bad or you've committed some immoralities because you have money. In fact, in many cases, I think the opposite, that you have probably provided a product or service of great value to society, which is how you've acquired the wealth that you have. Not always, but commonly. Um, That said, if there's if there is something to distrusting wealthy people by default, I think the undeniable truth is that when you have that much to your name, you have a lot to protect. Yeah. You have, you have a lot to lose. And if you say the wrong thing, step on the wrong toes, behave the wrong way, um, you will pay massive consequences. And I know that the, the, we might debate how massive the consequences actually are. If, if say you're, you have $5 billion and you misstep and you lose two and a half, well, you're still a multi-billionaire. So how big are the losses anyway? It's just when you're at that point in your life where you have all of these assets to your name, I think there's something natural about going into a little bit more of a protection mode that you, you don't, you've built something very nice for yourself. You don't want to see it all crumble down. And if there's any distrust to be earned, I think it's probably related to that theme. Do you have anything else on that? that one? No, 
Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, I think that you, to your point, at least maintenance of billionaire status requires some level of towing the line. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure there's some level at, at minimum, like self-censorship to avoid at a minimum. Yeah. Avoid, uh, the wrath of people who might be able to take a lot. Maximum is like evil genius population control stuff like Bill Gates. Though. Yeah. And I'm not saying that, uh, it's not to excuse all people. I, th- I certainly think there are, there's a such to the prior uh, topic of evil. Is there a such thing of, as the evil billionaire? Absolutely. I just don't necessarily think that the figure in the bank account um, necessarily means evil, but you, you can achieve great power and great wealth by being evil. That <laughs> certainly is a thing. Ashwin says, Hey guys, do you think in order to be truly right wing, a, necess- a necessary aspect is the support for a monarchy? In the classical sense, the French Revolution is where the terms right and left come from. So the right uh, were known for their monarchist stance. Thoughts? Mm. I think that people on the right should be open to it. Well. But it uh, does originate. uh, Classical liberalism does originate from, from monarchy, doesn't it? uh, Well, certainly the, the, the thoughts that formed this country originated from uh, the philosophy originated under monarchy. And then the uh, implementation of that philosophy and in, in our revolution and our government was a race, a response to monarchy. But I think that as anti, I think it'd be fair to say our founders were anti monarchy or at least anti the British crown, obviously. But if you were to, if you were able to speak with them, I think that they would probably agree with some of the things that we've talked about previously, which is I care much more about the government's respect for the rights of the people than I do how we select our leaders. Now, I don't think that heredity is a good selection mechanism. I'm not a big fan of that. I think that we should choose our leaders through some sort of consensus mechanism, but I would much rather have uh, a king who understands the role of government and understands the rights of the people than democratic tyranny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know that there's a lot in between there. It's not an either or choice, but, but if I have someone who is not abusing his power and not abusing my rights, I care less about how he got there. Yeah. Uh, I don't care about a properly selected tyrant. If 51% of people vote for a guy who will abuse the hell out of 49, that is inherent injustice in the same way that a tyrant king, just because his dad was king before him, might exert unjust power over you. That's not justice either. Um, the point is that that the selection of the leader is is less important than than higher moral values about how power is exercised. That's a good answer. I don't know if that makes it right or left wing, though, like in in, in the country of the, in the context of this country right wing is typically characterized by decentralization of power by things like states rights and small government and less federal involvement. I don't know in the French context what that would mean. Just, it sounds weird to say, but just cause you're pro monarchy doesn't necessarily mean that you're pro centralized power. Right. We can have a monarchy done right. You know, like it's possible that there's a King who understands how to delegate power and respect the exercise of power in localities. Uh, all of those things I are totally possible. I like the possible. sound of this. 
I, my only dispute, not my only dispute, my main dispute with it is, um, does that sort of person exist? Does the sort of person who is capable of having absolute power, but the, but has the moral restraint not to exercise it. Is that a, is that a thing or do we need protection mechanisms in place to ensure that nobody has that level of power at their disposal? I'm going to say the latter, obviously. Yeah. But if you can tell me if there's a godlike figure, um, I mean, the concept of, of God himself is, is a monarchy type concept, right? Uh, yeah. It's just that God is justice. God is truth. God is all of these inherent uh, values. And in that context, it makes sense that he should be the one in charge. But is any human, does any human exhibit those traits similarly? And I would say the answer is no. Right. Ryan says, uh, hey, guys, is this mine or yours? Sorry. I can't remember. I'll, I'll take it. Uh, I don't know if you guys can read this on YouTube, <laughs> but I'm curious. With Ye, Milo, and Fuentes on Tim Pool, uh, with their appearance on Tim Pool, anti-Semitism has been the buzzword. Based on my research, a lot of it narrows down to X percent of Jews are represented in X percent of powerful roles. But that doesn't seem like the same, or but doesn't that seem like the same conflation as the disproportionate incarceration rates that are blamed on white racism conspiracies? It seems like not a good argument to me when those on the right otherwise deny this type of claim. I think that we, I think Susan will allow a, a fair discussion on this. What is the question? Doesn't this seem like the so, same conflation and the, uh, as the disproportionate incarceration rates that are blamed on white racism, racism conspiracies? Yeah, I think the idea here would be that just because you have disproportionate outcomes doesn't mean that rules were rigged to achieve that result. So you might say, um, you look at the incarceration rates of black people that it's disproportionately black people in prison. The response would be because more black people commit crime, not because of generic white or other social racism that locks them up for unfair reasons. The the mirror image in this case would be um, there are Jewish people in positions of power, whether it's media, government, whatever. Um, but that does not necessarily uh, yeah. imply like a scheme or some sort of unfair well, Way Doesn't to it get though? The, because nope, nobody's going to commit crime because of nepotism. Um. Well, uh, <laughs> family, your family arrangement might be a cause of crime, I suppose. But but we all know that nepotism is a major factor in in basically every structure in this country and throughout history. It's a it's a major thing in Hollywood. Look at all these kids ugly or these uh celebrities ugly kids that are famous it's like well why like we, we can we all can see that nepotism is a factor i guess every my, ivy league um my question on that too because because i don't think that that's something that you should obviously you should be able to talk about the the in the same way there's a disproportionate prison population based on race yeah i think it's it's somewhat undeniably true that there's a disproportionate ethnically jewish population in certain areas too Mm -hmm. I don't think it's unreasonable to surmise that nepotism has something to do with that. Um, but I, I guess the question would be, is that a uniquely Jewish thing or is that observed elsewhere too? Is nepotism that is nepotism something that's unique to that situation or is nepotism something that happens commonly elsewhere too? And this is not me saying that makes it all okay, but it is right. me saying that like, is that, is that a scheme like someone sitting down and organizing a plot um, or is that sort of a natural human inclination that to some extent uh, a lot of cultures exhibit? 
Yeah, but the sooner people start accepting that, it, that that's going to change their behavior. Uh, start accepting nepotism or accept what? That that certain cultures behave in nepotistic ways. Like yeah. there are entire foreign aid packages in Africa that have been misappropriated just because the, you know, the I almost said sultan. I don't even know what to call these people. These African kings just give it to their families. Uh, yeah, yeah, a, they, I get. Yeah, exactly. There's a reason that foreign aid tends not to work out so well. And that reason is uh, a flavor of nepotism. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the sooner that uh, that Americans who are just these diehard, the, uh, this diehard obsession with meritocracy, even though it's not practiced in any of our institutions, um, the, the more the American people can start making rational decisions about hmm. their governance. Yeah, I think. uh well, I, I, I guess um, to the premise in the question, I don't think that the premise is, is way out of line. That yeah. That is to say, just because I see a disproportionate outcome does not imply to me an unfair means of causing it or achieving it. I need more information to see how that happened. Yeah. But that, that also does not require me to deny the trend. And that that's one thing that I think is, is frustrating about this particular conversation. Like, is it anti-Semitic? If it's not racist to discuss prison stats, by the same logic, it can't be anti-Semitic to talk about representation rates in government or yeah. in media or other places. Right. It doesn't mean it doesn't have to mean at least that there's some plot or scheme to achieve it. But the state of the state of the world is what it is. The truth is what it is. And we can debate about what the explanation for that is. But this is one context where it is annoying. We're simply observing the state of things is labeled hateful and right. and we reject that in every other context. So I don't see why it's unfair to reject that in this context too. Agreed. Thanks Ryan. Uh, I hope we navigated it to Susan's satisfaction, Lydia. but I, yeah, I don't think there's any, there shouldn't be anything unfair about talking about that. Uh, yeah, we should be able to talk about all these things. This is so stupid. Um, and FDS, what should we do with hyphenated Americans? For example, Russian Americans, Japanese Americans, black Americans, and so on. Um, what should we do with them? I mean, because of our retarded immigration, uh, status and policies over the last hundred and some years, we have no recourse. Like we can't do anything about this. What, what I think we, we should do, do what we do with the actual hyphenated named people. You know, the women who keep their maiden names, we just catapult yeah, really. them over the border. Agreed. Can you imagine? No not hyphen, husband's no, name? no hyphens of any kind. I don't care if it's ethnic I don't care if it's uh, about your country of origin. I don't care if it's your maiden name. No hyphens. We're not doing that. You know, my husband has told me that after he proposed and everything like that, if I had opted to keep my um, my maiden name, he just wouldn't have married me. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good, uh, I suppose, a good line in the sand, a good red flag. I know. There's, um, I think that some of this stuff should be sort of mocked and diminished because in a in a different situation if i went and lived in another country and wanted to maintain my american identity and said i'm american russian well it's like well why They'd the be hell like go fuck yourself yeah why did you, Why'd you move here? here if you want to retain american identity then stay there yeah. and there's something that is uh, i don't know what's the word i'm looking for disrespectful might be like too entitled of a word but it it it, it just shows me that being an american is something of a a secondary thing for you. You want yeah. to prioritize something first. And the question is, well, why don't you, if it's, if that's more important to you, why don't you live in that place or under those, 
in that situation that's more important to you. Yep. No more hyphens. Joshua says, uh, what are your thoughts on mixed faith marriages? Example, Candace Owens and George Farmer. Are they mixed faith? I didn't know that. I mean, uh, the Bible says you shouldn't marry of different yoke. And I'm Catholic. My husband's agnostic and it's, it's not a walk in the park, but you have to be reasonable about like what you can handle. Like you're Muslim. He's Jewish. No, you can't. No, you guys will dateline each other. You can't do it. But like you're Presbyterian and he's Lutheran. You guys can make that. I've never heard that term before. You're referring to the show. Yeah. Dateline. Oh yeah. Oh, got it. All right. Um, That's a good one. Um, Yeah. I, I wouldn't say that it, it, that you have to be exactly the same denomination for it to work. Obviously though, in the same way that politics are a reflection of values, faith itself is at some level of reflection of values. Uh, not at some level. It's, it's a direct reflection of deep foundational oh, values. Yeah. So I don't want to undersell it. Um, if those are not shared, it's not that those values can't be shared across different denominations or different faiths entirely, but you're going to have to identify what is shared before you make any sort of commitment like that. You're going to have yeah. to make sure that those values are in fact aligned because if they're not, if the difference in faith is a reflection of some foundational disagreement, that will become a problem later. So you want to iron that out yeah. um, beforehand. Really? I, I wonder, I have less skepticism about, and and maybe you can speak to this, but I don't mean to put you on the spot because it's very personal, obviously. But to me, my gut level skepticism would be less about um, mixed faith, as in uh, different Christian denominations or even Christian and Jewish or something like that, versus like believer versus atheist. And I know you yeah. said agnostic, so I gather your situation is not something like that. But believer versus atheist seems like it'd be really hard to reconcile to me. Oh, yeah. It's really frustrating. Hmm. Well, it's frustrating because, um, well, I was not religious when we got married, Hmm. but I am now. And um, the man is supposed to be the faith leader of the house. And so it creates this weird dynamic where I have to like go outside of the marriage for spiritual comfort. And Hmm. that has like a tinge of infidelity to me. Wow. Okay. I mean, it's not infidelity per se, yeah. but like it's something that I'm, I should be getting at home, but then it's unreasonable for me to be like, you're Catholic now because I'm the one that changed my, my religious status after we got married. Hmm. Right. So, um, I don't know. I, I pray for his conversion and I try to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> like every good wife should. Yeah. Much appreciated really your, do, yeah. your contribution to society in that regard. Yeah, uh, but I, I'm raising Emmeline in the church, so there's that. Ah, all right. Um, Shut up, silly woman. Charlie is up next. Sure. Um, have you seen the movie The Good Nurse on Netflix? What do you think about the depiction of U.S. healthcare? Is it really that bad? Are doctor's bills really pushing people into poverty? Oh, totally. If I did not have, I think I've talked about this a little bit, but if I did not have... Um, insurance. And even if I was planning on doing a home birth, my medical bills would have been $50,000. Now I'm fortunate that that's not like file for bankruptcy. I mean, that's like, would we, that would be a huge financial hit for us, but I don't think it would ruin us, you know? Um, but if I were in a different financial position, like 
that could have ruined my life. Um, I, I haven't seen the the documentary, so I, I can't speak to that um, or its depiction of U.S. healthcare. I can say that things are very expensive here. I, I'm I'm someone yeah. that has to buy health insurance for my family because I, Oof, I, I so run expensive. my own company. I am. As a legal matter, I'm not self-employed. I'm employed by a company that I own. <laughs> okay, so I yeah. have to, as yeah. the sole owner of the company, I have to buy the health insurance that yeah. provides yeah. for my family. And uh, it's very high. And of course, uh, the out-of-pocket costs that that we do have to assume, like in the case of my son's birth or other, you know, th- thankfully we're in good health. And so absent emergencies, we don't have a lot of um, doctor's visits that are costly. Yeah. But so th- I, I certainly don't deny that it's costly. I just... Uh, th- if this movie presents the narrative that um, that uh, that it's because we don't have enough government investment in it or something, government is the single biggest healthcare payer in this country between yeah. Medicare and Medicaid, uh, at least bigger than any single private insurer, certainly. And much like uh, what has happened with uh, college and other areas in which the government has become deeply involved financially. Uh, the promises of government investment to reduce costs for the consumer have actually done quite the opposite. They've made things very, very expensive. In addition to the regulations, part, part of why the insurance plan that I have to buy or that I, I choose to buy, uh, of course, I'm not going to leave my family uninsured, but um, part of what makes it so expensive is that there are all sorts of regulations on what it has to to cover and what it does. And, 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 and I don't have uh, as many choices in what I might be able to opt out of if I, if I were free from such regulations. So is the policy expensive? Yeah. Is the government got all sorts of, uh, all sorts of involvement in dictating what that policy must be. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I don't, uh, I, I'm, when I look at the state of our healthcare system, I'm not the sort of person that thinks, yeah, it's, it's expensive and out of control. But if we just paid some more taxes to Joe Biden or gave a little bit more power to DC, they would get this resolved. No, I, mm-hmm. I think that we should get government out of it. I think that we should give more power to the consumer and yes, to the private businesses that are handling this. And uh, I think then perhaps you'll see costs come down, but right. Yeah. There's no deny. I mean, it's, it's, uh, healthcare costs were not something that I encountered a whole bunch in my younger life because I was younger and single. I didn't have dependents and didn't have to think about it much. I've never been uninsured for an extended period of time, but it's not something that I had to concern myself with. Now, um, outside of what I have to pay to the IRS, it's outside of what I pay for my house and what I pay to the IRS, it's the biggest single cost that I have on a monthly basis. It's outrageous. Yeah. Yeah. Ninja Kitty, one uh, question, one observation. Matt, have you considered releasing the Wednesday, Saturday breakdown content as a premiere? Uh, I do know that feature is available. Uh, So um, what... If people aren't familiar, you can post the video and it'll play basically as a live stream in which people can chat and do all that. That's what a premiere means. Oh. But I, I've i never tried it. I've seen people do it. To me, um, my solo videos are somewhere between 10 and 15 minutes on average. And so it's just such a short window that I don't really see the value in that. Maybe I'm missing yeah. something. But if I was making like hour long videos, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. This It's just it's such a short thing that to for, for that product it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to me but maybe there's a feature that i'm that i'm missing uh but for now i don't have plans to use it two if you search ddg or google for matt christensen media autofill does work your site does not show in results 
One has to search by the exact spelling. So a random person will probably never find your site. Uh, they, oh, no. I'm sure that's probably true. Uh, you will also notice that there are all sorts of... Uh, I've seen people having trouble finding my name uh, or finding my channel on YouTube, even when you spell my name perfectly correctly. Um, so some of it is that I just kind of have a long, oddly spelled name. That's part of the difficulty. Some of it, I'm sure, is uh, fuckery, a little weird. fuckery on the part of the overlords. And um, the other thing like Twitter does to me, it doesn't matter. I could post a picture of my son tomorrow. Like uh, I posted a picture of him eating cake on his first birthday. That was sensitive content. You have to click through the filter. And I had a friend text me the other day. I was unaware of this because I've known Twitter has messed with my images and videos the whole time. Like my face and voice are sensitive material on Twitter. I could be talking about the weather outside and it's sensitive material. But you've always been able to just click through the warning. Like, yeah, this is sensitive material. Do you want to see it? Yes. A friend sent me some screenshots the other day and on the the app on his phone. It says it's sensitive material and he can't even click through it. It says you need to change your settings. So he goes to his settings and says allow for sensitive material. He still can't see it. Any picture or video I post, even though he said I want to follow him, I want to see sensitive content. Twitter currently has has uh, made my content unavailable to him. And this is um, I I never even say anything. I don't know. I mean, I, someone deep in Twitter decided that I was a, a, an undesirable voice that I shouldn't be heard. And it's been like that for a couple of years now. I don't like to sit and complain and act like I'm entitled to things. It's like, all right, if Twitter doesn't want me to be heard, that's fine. But what I yeah. find annoying about that treatment is they didn't even give me the dignity and the honor <laughs> that you got of just the ban. Like if you don't want the me ban, to talk yeah. on Twitter, just ban my account. And then I at least yeah. get the honor but they couldn't even do that. It's like the same way I get slighted by hit pieces all the time. There is honor in that. Yeah. I always get the short straw. I always, in this case, I just got ghost banned, shadow banned, but they don't do me the dignity of just saying he can't talk on Twitter anymore. All you need to do is make a 30 second video, a 10 second video where you say the Jews did nine 11 and then, (laughs) and then it's over for you and you'll get everything that you want. You know, you can do this. Yeah. Look at how fast it happened for Kanye. That's true. That was a, one of the fastest downfalls I've ever seen. Three words. Uh, what are the? Th- I thought it was fourteen words. No, Jews did nine eleven. Oh, and then it's all over for you. All right, I'll make the video tomorrow. Uh, we, thank you. You just read Ninja Kitty, right? Yeah. Um, Mr. Gay Poop Butt Sex. <laughs> wow, that's a new one. What do you guys think the odds are that Kanye does an actual presidential campaign and sticks with it? This country is a circus and I deserve the best ringmaster, which is either Trump or Kanye. I don't know. I mean, he does seem easily distracted. How about, can I rephrase the question of this? Does Kanye ever make it to a debate stage? And my answer would be zero shot. George Bush does not care about black people. That's right. I forgot about that. Kanye has always been like this. I guess, uh, well, the only thing I know about him, as I mentioned, I didn't pay attention. I mean, I remember that moment, but I also remember the Taylor Swift, uh, I'm going to let you finish moment. Yeah, Kanye's always been like this. But that's about it. None of this is new. But do I think that there's going to be a serious... Yeah. I could see him leaving, like being a technical candidate until election day. Yeah. Will he even be on the ballot in any of these states? Probably not. I would bet no. Maybe. 
Maybe he will in Idaho. <laughs> Well, you'll have to write him in, I'm afraid. But he's done oh, I'm enough. Writing him in. He's done enough to get your vote. So look, I mean, talk about Kanye's achievements. Motivated blonde to vote. That's no one else. Not even Trump has done that. Well, I'm a classic. So I'm gonna vote for him. Incompetent hands uh, says blonde, as the guy who introduced you to just pearly things, and yes, my New Year's goal uh, is to get you an interview. Do you yourself or do you view yourself as a pick me girl? I had never heard the term before. What is your definition of pick me? And have you heard or been labeled it before? It's just, uh, or it's insane that ASMR checks and TikTok salutes get to call trad women pick me's as an insult just because they agree with trad men. Oh, I totally am. I mean, okay, so I don't think I'm as, as inauthentic about this as people claim I am on Kiwi Farms. Um, because I still cuss and everything like that. Wait, what's the definition? I, I think I can. It's like a woman that tailors her personality to be attractive to right wing men. Ah. Um, but I have a lot of undesirable characteristics like that. I don't try to thwart. Um, so I am, but my thing about this pick me thing is like this, this is how I want my daughter to be. I think that women, they shouldn't be servile. Um, they should try to be able to stand on their own and and be interesting and things like that. But it is important for a woman to grow up thinking like, how can I be of highest value to my future partner? Right. And it's all things that I did not do. Um, and it goes but, both but ways, by the way. Men should, does. should think that way about women as well. But men have more of an opportunity um, for repentance. Mm. A, a bigger, a, a broader window of opportunity too, in terms of And a of broader time. window of opportunity, right. Yeah. So it's much more important that that women behave um, appropriately. And so like when I think about what I want Emmeline to be like, yeah, I want her to be, um, to be witty, but not overbearing. Um, I want her to be smart, but not hindered by her intelligence. Like I don't want her to be depressed all the time, like an, an intellectual depressant personality. Um, and I want her to be uh, chaste and well-groomed and take care of her health and her personal appearance. And those are all things that any man worth his weight and salt would find um, attractive in a woman. Yeah. Agreed. So, okay. Uh, blonde pick me girl confirmed. It's true. But, but stuff is tan. Yeah. Uh, so when Ping Tu was on the Colin show last week, she mentioned going to one of the fan meetups. What made her stand out? Were other fans saying, I like math principles or I like blonde's humor. Was she saying things like, I'm going to have Matt's baby? Uh, no, here's what made her stand out. She was a woman. Yeah, uh, so. really. Was she the only no, chick? I'll tell you uh, how that um, actually developed. And I, I'm sure I've told this before. So for some of you who may have heard it, bear with me. But um, we had a question last week about sort of the origin of our relationship and how things developed. And I mentioned that, that she had been a Patreon supporter and eventually showed up in one of the group hangouts. And, and that's where our conversation became more involved. But the, I knew who she was before she joined because everybody that supported us on Patreon, I would follow on Twitter, at least if right. I knew what their Twitter account was. And so I followed her when she was supporting the show on on Twitter and in the months leading up to us getting more conversational, she would send me DMS occasionally that looking back clearly were trying to be more conversational than I understood because 
as many of you, if you've ever emailed me, you've probably, I mean, I guess some people might say that it's short. I don't know. I, I try so to, spurgy. How I try to be realize? responsive with my emails and my messages. And I take yeah. that seriously, but because I want to respond to as many as I can, uh. that does mean that, that a lot of them will be fairly short or, or brief or just strictly to the point of what was asked of me or what was brought up. So in her case, she was asking about like, she would say like, well, I I'm thinking of leaving California. What is Montana like, you know? And to me, that's a question much like I would get in my email inbox where someone would ask me that, uh, looking for the sort of bullet point answer that I would usually provide. Here's what I like. Here's what I don't. Thanks for writing. So there were several of those where I, like I was aware of who she was, but, um, but I, I just didn't, I didn't make the connection of like, this is an interested eligible woman, you know, because that was never brought up to me until <laughs> the, retard. until the hang, until like, until she joined the hangout, which ad- admittedly was like with the intent of, of, uh, making this happen. And then, then I figured it out. Uh, She's like, I'm going to bang you. <laughs> what does she have to do? God. Uh, but. Uh, you know, we, we, yeah, I mean, th- so was there like a, a little bit of uh, strategizing on her part? Of course, but but if a woman's um, not scheming, then she's not trying to date you. But it led to all the things that I talk about sincerely that that from that point, we had all of these discussions about what are you looking for? What yeah. what are your values? Why are you for what purpose are you trying to date? Are you serious about leaving where you live and starting a new life? So it sounds sort of jokey or silly but once it was clear to me that she was a seriously interested person it, it did get much more um I, I treated it with much more sincerity than maybe i should have with the twitter dms that's how it all happened good grief halo with horns says uh divorce alimony milo fuentes balenciaga mask the pressure of being a presidential candidate you might think all this made yay uh flip out but what if he lost a fortune to Sam Bankman Freed and it's all just to cover up for that stupidity? That, that would be a theory. I think that he would be talking about that openly. Uh, yeah, it seems like he might have a hostility or, freed or two yeah, if he lost he a bunch of money to uh, Sam Bankman Freed, which, by the way, where did I see that? Uh, just within the last hour or so, I saw a headline that said breaking prosecutor feds announce investigation into sam bankman freed so not charges yeah here's the headline investigation um, yeah. federal prosecutors open criminal investigation into disgraced ftx founder sam bankman freed report says so here we are almost a month after the scandal broke and the headline is feds open investigation not bringing charges not what is taking so long well they're probably never going to do anything about this right uh, well, it turns out that the $515 million that was hacked out of FTX after they declared bankruptcy went uh, straight to various Democrat Party purposes. Ooh, so they had yeah. to they had to have some wild parties before they got down to business of pretending to investigate this Man. Uh, to, to save face, make people think that they care. I, and he, he supposedly like they said that he was in custody or something in the Bahamas. But in yeah. whose custody? Who's watching yeah, this yeah. guy? Who's making sure he doesn't just disappear? Doesn't seem like anybody. Anyway. Oh, so and it, yeah, no, I don't. I don't think. Uh, I don't think 
Kanye's involved in FTX. Be <laughs> I don't think guess. so. Either. Kitchen sink hypothetical. You work for a company that prohibits concealed carrying while on premises, but doesn't stipulate that violating the policy is a fireable offense. You carry on the job and are forced to use your weapon to defend yourself while on company time, but not company premises. Do you think this should be worthy of termination and whose rights are paramount in the scenario, the individual or the business? Huh. I mean, obviously, we're, I, I don't want to speak for you, but obviously, I think we're both going to say the individual here. Yeah, I... Uh... Well, first of all, I don't I don't think that that would be a justified termination, though, of course, they have the right to make the termination if they disagree. Right. Um, I don't think that you should make that sort of firing illegal or something. But if you're the sort of boss that would fire someone for justifiably defending himself, say that he's uh, maybe in this hypothetical, maybe he's like a UPS driver or something. And I'm going to assume that those guys probably can't carry guns as a term of their employment. I don't know that for a fact, but I I will bet that they can't. And let's say not just that someone was trying to steal packages from the back of your UPS truck, but someone held you at gunpoint, said, get out of the truck, I'm stealing it. And he's pointing a, a handgun yeah. at you. And let's just say you had one on your hip and you were quick on the draw and you shot him dead <laughs> instead. It, the idea that UPS would fire you for that is preposterous to me. Um, and I, I, I wouldn't say that that individual committed some moral failing by violating the company policy to defend himself we make these uh if you're if you're the sort of person who makes these um or if you're the sort of person who can who concealed carries you make these evaluations all the time so for example uh, uh costco costco says you can't carry guns um am i property rights are important to me i respect costco's property i respect the rules that costco has for their property i also respect my life I also respect the lives of those around yeah. me. And so I make the decision. Should I admit this on air? I'm going to because I'm legally protected. I'm just not protected as a matter of Costco policy. But do I carry a gun when I go into Costco? Yes, no. I do. And if Costco asked me to leave their property on account of that, you will. I would say, all right, fair yeah. enough. Have fun when the mass shooter comes in here. I'll see you later. I'll go find another yeah. place to shop. But I, uh, my after wrestling with this in my own head, cause I'm not trying to dismiss property rights and, and, or the, the rights of the boss who disagrees with it. I do think that's important and ought to be respected. But if you're asking me to make myself defenseless and helpless before the forces of evil in the world, um, I am not going to do that until you tell me that I can't and you try to punish me for doing it. So in, in the context of shopping at a, at a store, if you ask me to leave, I will in the context of working for someone, if you're going to fire me for it. Okay. Then, then fire me for it. But I'm not going to leave myself defenseless. Yeah. I will accept the consequences for being prepared to defend myself and others, even if that means that I can't shop at a store or I get fired by my boss. It's Both of those outcomes are much better than being dead, killed by a crazy person who uh, attacks you. Yeah, really. So, any other thoughts that you have on that? Nope. Okay, well, let's uh, catch up with... Uh, with super chat and then we'll call it a night thanks for all the questions guys appreciate it as a reminder if you'd like to submit a question or a thought for the call-in stream the way to do that is the contact page of the website if you can ever find it it's impossible through google or other search engines but i'm told it's mattchristensenmedia.com the way i i need to say it more but just so people understand how to spell the name if you can't find it christian like the religion s-e-n that's how I, I don't want to, it's 12 letters long. I don't want to say all of them. Just remember Christian, like the religion S E N Matt Christensen, media.com slash contact. Look for the call in show question form. If you'd like to submit one 
Where do we leave off on chats? Um, Matt Wilkerson or the one after Matt Wilkerson? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Because Daniel Yeager talked about the, the marriage debate. We we played that. Matt Wilkerson. We did uh, we did uh, get that one. Let's see. Oh, and then we had the Missouri plan. That's right. Buddy with an H says um, blonde is just is just about spot on about the cheating. I fully advocate capitalizing on left wing policies. Did you guys see the story in September, October of the guy who made $21,000 in a New York state gun buyback printing guns with uh, I saw that. $200 the 3D 3D. Run guns. Yeah. yeah. Um, that guy's how much did he make uh, this? Well, this chat says 21 K. I remember seeing a number Good that was something similar to that. Um, yeah, I, I might, uh, I might dispute the comparison between those two things. Like, like cheating in an election, I think is a little bit different than creating guns to sell to them because that's what they want. They want you to give them guns. They want to buy them. Yeah. I don't even think that's underhanded really. I think that's exactly what they're asking for. Although, um, the only distinction I make in this, it's not that, that revenge tactics are never justified. Obviously, I, as I frequently say, I, I fear becoming I don't want to engage in the behavior of these people because I don't want to become them because they're bad. Uh, however, a little bit of vengeance to stop the abuse, of course, is uh, it's 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 commonly justified if it is a reaction to abuse brought upon you. I think what we're talking about here is the ideal. Uh, yeah. What are we working toward? And I don't want to work. I don't want the out cheat them to be the end. I want that. I, I, I want us all to learn a lesson so that we agree that a society in which racing to harvest the most ballots to win the election is actually a bad one. But how do we, how do we do that? Sincerely <laughs> speaking, do you, well, I don't want to mischaracterize your position. Do you want the cheating as the permanent policy or do you want it as a revenge act? Um, well, I don't really want anything as a permanent policy except for a moratorium on immigration. Ah. But I think that we would need uh, substantial cheating over the next 10 election cycles to truly shift the cultural narrative. We need reparations we cheating is what we need. Yeah. 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 But then what are we going to do? Give up the power? That'd be stupid. So maybe cheating in perpetuity. I'm fine with that. <laughs> All right. Just so we're clear, uh, the dancing Israeli in regards to voting can't hurt. It is extremely important for white people not to lose faith in the system and keep voting. The future of our Judeo-Christian democracy uh, Judeo depends on it. This seems like something of a this seems like a uh, ironic or Farce. sarcastic yeah. super chat. I think I've been had by a, a person trying to be crafty. Chandler Baird says, missed my last super chat. Also blonde, you should check out the distributionist. Uh, I know he mentioned being interested in talking to you past, oh, really? uh, on a past stream. Cool. Well, thank you, Chandler. Uh, Lazar 47 says, don't forget to watch the high wire tomorrow. People. What's, what is that? I don't know. Actually. Yeah. I have no idea what that reference is. If you want to carry on, I will see if I can figure it out. Eric Burns Marsh says, I agree. No hyphens. All right. Fair enough. Thank you. Herbert Loper, Matt, I'm still suspended on Twitter. We're all still suspended on Twitter. Well, what buddy. the hell? There was supposed to be some mass amnesty. I'm not sure that happened. Yeah, and, uh, there's not. The High Wire is some sort of Corona documentary. Uh, I don't know exactly what it is, but it's the highwire.com and it looks like they've got some 
Interesting. Some movie coming out, uh, but I don't know exactly what. Something that is Corona skeptical, I gather. The, on their website, they say, oh, this isn't, isn't this old? These are the same people that Ron Johnson worked with to host um, people who had vaccine injuries. Ah, so okay. this must be something related to that, at least tangentially. Okay. Anyway, thank you for the uh, tip. Uh, are we all caught up? Uh, did I read everything? Give it a quick yes, refresh, but it looks it. like we are good. Okay, uh, we will call it there. Thank you guys for tuning in this evening. Very much appreciated. Appreciate your calls. Appreciate your emails. Appreciate your super chat, your support for the show. And um, if you missed any part of the show, if you'd like to catch up with it, of course, the audio is available uh, on demand on the audio platforms of the show. You can find them linked in the description or, of, co- uh, or of course, on the podcast page of the website, mattchristensenmedia.com slash podcasts. Speaking of, if you're looking for anything show-related, head on over to the website, mattchristensenmedia.com. We'll be back on Sunday with whatever happens between now and then. <laughs> Have a great week in the meantime.